This is the joy of gaming. Welcome to the Joy of Gaming Podcast, episode 58. I am Rich Lepore, and I am here with... Jordan Alseka. And Kelsey Lair. How's everybody doing this week? Doing well. Awesome. You playing a lot of games? Hearing a lot of gaming news? Uh, Well, I haven't, as our pre-show planning, uh, or at least it did not register with me. Yeah. There is a lot of it. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about news, and there's, you know, there was just two huge events, an iPhone event, which isn't usually gaming related, but but was uh, was this time a little more so, and then a big PS4 event. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Nintendo event coming up. Well, not Nintendo event, but TGS, when hopefully Nintendo NX is announced in a couple weeks. We'll uh, we'll see on that. Um, But there has been a lot of news, maybe just not in sectors you normally travel in, Jordan, eh? I don't know. I mean, once you said things, I recognized it, but I I just, yeah, I didn't think of it. Awesome. And uh, Kelsey, anything uh, big happening in your life? You can even you can tease it if if we're, even if we're going to talk about it later on the episode. I mean, yeah, I guess according to some people, I relapsed. Uh huh. Uh huh. Did I mean, it's fine. not according to. What does this mean? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to find out in the games we've been playing segment. Okay. Nice. Nice. I'll take it. I'll take it as a tease. All right. So to let you know what we're going to be talking about on this episode, huh. uh, we are going to start out with news as we just uh, sort of discussed. There's, there's quite a bit of it. Interesting and varied news. Got uh, the, the stuff I already mentioned. Got some 3DS Direct. Ha- Actually, yeah, Nintendo event did happen. Nintendo Direct. I think it was on the first, and it was uh, all 3DS, no no NX. But they kind of let us know that was how it was going to be. Um, some uh, Kickstarter uh, gaming news. Um, just going through the list here. Yeah, lots of lots of games uh, that have been released. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of cool stuff to talk about. So we'll do news first. Uh, then we will discuss uh, the games we've been playing, uh, as we normally do. Uh, everybody have a lot of stuff or just a little stuff? I, I think I have about four. I have four. I have. I feel what is technically two, and you're going to talk about one anyway. So right. Well, we're going to talk about it. Isn't yeah. It right. Inclusive spirit of <laughs> spirit of participation. Okay. Uh, so so we'll, we'll have our uh, what we've been playing. It's only luckily we're now on a more regular schedule, so there isn't like a a big glut of fifteen games each that we have to get through and and uh, and and you know at least speak to. So, and then we will move on to our uh, main topic. Uh, you put this really well, Jordan, so why don't you uh, frame it for uh, for the listeners? We're going to take a look at it, you know, do the, we've done it a few times in the past, our fall gaming preview, and just look at what's coming out this fall, the big titles, what we're excited for, what we may or may not be as excited as longtime listeners might expect, uh, you know, just everything that's coming out between now and the end of the year, um, from when this is released, it might go back a week or two, but uh, just basically the fall gaming season starts with September, so we're going to look at these four months in detail and uh, discuss the games that are coming out. Awesome. Well, uh, without further ado, let's, uh, let's, let's dive into the news. Um, and this one, I don't know if this is going to be the most interesting uh, to, uh, to you, Jordan. I don't know, Kelsey, if you're considering maybe a PS4 uh, at some point, um, but there is uh, a lot of news on the, on the PlayStation front. 
Uh, on the 7th, September 7th, they had their big PlayStation, um, you know, like a press event where they were going, and they made it very clear. They were like, we we're going to talk about Neo at this event. And Neo obviously is uh, their version of like the, it's like a mid, a mid cycle console release. Uh, so they, it's like, it's not, you know, it's not exactly a PS4, but it's not PS5. It's sort of like in between. Um, and, and there's a lot of, you know, interesting reasons for that, but they, they announced that. Um, and and uh, also surprised people, or didn't surprise anybody, as the case actually turned out. Uh, talking about the PS Slim, which has actually been out in the wild for weeks, people have <laughs> had unboxing videos of PS Slims, and it's been all over major uh, uh, websites. But yet Sony did not want to confirm it, obviously or, or clearly now, because they it seems like they very they had they had this very clear plan that at this event they wanted to announce the PS Slim and the PS Pro and just sort of show what what their new line of PlayStations would look like. So that's that's what happened. Uh, the big news on the Pro is um, that it it is going to be a 4.2 teraflop machine, um, which uh, will have HD 4K HDR streaming. Um, that is, you know, 4K is, is, is sort of the future. If you go to Best Buy, um, you, you know, you see the 4K Blu-rays. Uh, interestingly, though, however... It won't play them. It will not play them, <laughs> correct. So the PS4 Pro will not play them. However, the Xbox One S, which is not even Xbox's high-end console, it's just their version of the Slim, or if you wanted to equivocate, um, actually does currently play 4K Blu-ray. So this is a, I mean, all over the internet today, it was just, this is a baffling decision. I can't believe Sony did this. Why are they doing this? It's crazy. Uh, and, you know, Sony has come out and said a couple things about that. Um, one of them is that, uh, you know, their machine, they, they see streaming as the future. Uh, that's, that sounds like a BS excuse to me. Uh, but it will support Netflix and YouTube 4K streaming. thing about that is, though, as great as streaming is for purists who really want the best picture, streaming is always going to be uh, – what's the word for it? Um, Inferior? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, but, but, but because of um, – Compression. There's always going to be compression ratios because they got to you got to port this through uh, through the internet, you know, and so it's got to be compressed in some way, shape, or form. So if you put like True Detective season one in a Blu-ray, you're going to get the purest experience. Now, you know how much of a difference that makes to the average viewer is is debatable, but you know anybody who's really into getting a PS Pro and spending 400. By the way, the price is announced at 3.99. Um, which which I, I thought was very you know aggressive. It was a good price point instead of like four ninety nine like that elite was for a long time on the on the Xbox side. Um, but you know it, it it's anybody who wants to spend that kind of money for like the elite console or the pro console, you'd think that they'd be the type that really cares about graphics and would really want like the purest experience. So it's kind of a baffling decision to not have four K Blu Ray. What do you guys think? I mean, I I guess I don't really care about that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess if you do, yeah. if you do though, like that is kind of ridiculous that you're going to buy this like high end machine that supports 4K like everything else, but like but not Blu-rays. That just seems weird. I I'm still of the mind like most people are in agreement that 4K doesn't really do that much in terms of because it's it's literally to the point of what the human eye can conceive. So yeah, yeah, it's hard to care about the you know now they're the those, those those like I, I see that that black box for the for the 4K Blu-ray and I'm just like okay yeah no I I know what you mean I've, I've had trouble getting excited for it as well uh, Mark Cerny it's it's good you mentioned that because Mark Cerny from Cerny Games who's now the uh, like the lead technical advisor or the oh no he's the chief architect on the uh, PlayStation 
platforms or consoles. And uh, he basically got on stage, and it was his job to make the case to people like yourself and just people in general that this matters. Um, and he gets up there, and he tr- it was funny. I've heard uh, – I was listening to Kirk Hamilton from Kotaku uh, talking about how he was kind of laughing when he was watching it because here a guy is trying to show you like screenshots and video of 4K that's being streamed through people's very non-4K uh, computers or consoles. you know. And so it's just like, yeah, try to see this resolution difference. You can't, you know. Um, so that's 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 what that was. But what he's really pushing is HDR, a uh, high dynamic range, uh, which is something that awesomely uh, all PS4s, even ones that exist currently in homes, will get through a patch. And basically, that speaks to what you're talking about, Jordan. When you can't really go up more on resolution, what do you do? And what you do at that point is you start making like the picture look better. So like there's a thing, and and uh, you know like photographers know this that when you film something. Uh, it, you know, even if you just take a direct film and expose the film to it in the wild, you're not really going to capture the light as your eyes saw it. So high, di- high dynamic range is a really good way to like bolster up the lighting and like the you know the bloom. And I, I don't really understand it fully, but it's a way to just make all of, all of the images just look much more striking. And it's that you know when you play certain games in HD and it's like really cool because it has that like that when you open a door, it's a dark room. You open a door and your eyes kind of adjust to the light. And there's like that that blinding like sunspot that comes through do you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that. that exactly that kind of, tomb raider is an example of a game that's going to be retroactively patched uh to actually include hdr support but anyway the, it's it's a cool thing uh the ps pro supports it but also all ps4s are going to support it so that's kind of neat um but you know the microsoft has come out since this event and said um you know yeah your your system has 4.2 teraflops our scorpio which is going to be announced next year has 6 teraflops it's an actual monster your system's kind of weak in comparison which is weird cuz ps4 has always had the uh the power advantage right um, yes. so, well, yeah. and, and supposedly, you know, I mean, that's that's been the, the the talking points. The reality is, it's very it's it's negligible in 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 how it, in practice. Um, it's certainly not the way it was uh, with, let's say, like Wii versus uh, Xbox 360. You know, where it's like uh, you can't really port that game properly because it just can't handle it. It's not like that with Xbox One and PS4. It's a much smaller difference. But anyway, it's big news to certain people. Um, you know the the this is and what's really interesting from a historical perspective is that they're doing like a a big you know usually they'll just do like a cosmetic difference like a slim console but this time they're actually doing one that has a a very significant difference in the actual hardware inside the system which is you know it's 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 not something that's been done in the past uh, so for for better or worse it it, it is historic that they're doing a, a switch up mid mid uh, mid I guess. Uh, console generation are you at all interested in scorpio jordan going forward and, and by the way you know it is going to change the games too I, I mean i'm talking just about visuals but like games are going to be able to now the ps4 all those games are going to be the same they're just going to look better on the on the pro um supposedly if, especially if you have a 4k uh box but um on the uh, tv but on the xbox um it, they haven't said yet but there may be games that are scorpio only would that change your mind would that get you to pick up a scorpio um I don't know. I mean, there's a game that's a new 3DS exclusive, but that's not what I bought the system for. So I feel like you really risk alienating big chunks of your audience if you Well, do Microsoft that. said that they would never do that. Oh, okay. okay. They well, said that at, e- at E3. They said that your games that you can play on your Xbox One, your Xbox One S, and your Xbox Scorpio will all be the same. Well, oh, good. Thank you. You for can clarifying. play all games on those. We will never make a con- we will never make a game that's just for one console. Because they're like, it's not a, really a new console. It's just for people who like have the newest toys and want to use those toys to the best of like to their 
peak power. Thank you for filling me in on that. I did not know that. Yeah, you no know, problem. what's what's interesting is, uh, you know, one thing that where this really is going to matter potentially is, and I know you mentioned maybe the slightest bit of interest in VR, Kelsey, before we, when we were talking before the podcast. But VR is going to be a place that can really take advantage. And while the while the PS while the PS VR can work on the regular PlayStation Four, it is going to look a million times better on the Pro. And the Scorpio obviously went whatever they decide to come out with VR wise next year. At Microsoft, um, the 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 Scorpio is going to really be able to to handle that. Um, so I mean that's an angle that I think they're trying to downplay right now because they don't want to tell people that VR won't work great on the current consoles, but I think that might secretly be a big reason for all this. I don't know. Have you heard anything like this, Kelsey? Um, I mean, I heard people talking about a few things of that, like, of that nature, but, like, I think it's also more the fact that people are still not entirely sold on VR. Like, VR is, it's not like a new console where everyone's like, like, no, I'm sold on buying that new console. Everyone's kind of, like, really still testing out this stuff. I, I feel like it's the same thing when, like, 3D was a big deal. Like, everyone was, like, excited for the 3DS, but, like, not, wasn't so sure about the 3D aspect, but then they figured out the 3D aspect was good, so, it, like, it all worked out, and then they finally jumped on that bandwagon more. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same way with VR at this point. That Well, VR has also tried so many times and failed <laughs> throughout the years. I feel like we finally have the technology that can really make it look good. Yeah. And from everything I've heard, VR is, is a lot of fun. But I still don't think all the com- – well, P- PlayStation is apparently – although because they have that integration, they're like, no, we have PSVR. But, like, I don't feel like Microsoft is, like, 100% sold on it yet. So I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, I, I, I think I haven't seen anything that looks particularly awesome yet. Uh, I was actually talking with one of the, you know, we live here in North Carolina, and this is where Red Storm is. And Red Storm is where Ubisoft is working on um, the majority of their VR titles. Uh, I don't know specifically if, if the three that were announced um, to go with PSVR uh, were made at Red Storm, but I do know that this guy was talking about these experiences. And primarily, they're not really that VR necessary. VR just heightens it. So the three that they've announced were one, which is like, uh, God, I don't remember the name of it, but it's like you fly around on the back of like a bird and you sort of fly through areas. But the other two were seated games. One is called uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew. Where mm-hmm. you, you're basically on the Enterprise and or the bridge of some starship, and you are, you know, working with one another to, you know, control all the very complex controls. But you're sitting in a chair, you know. And the other one is actually you might dig this, Jordan. Not that you need a console to play it, um, but <laughs> Werewolf. Um, it's uh, it's called like Werewolves of the Valley or something like that, and it's it's the game Werewolf, but you play it in VR. Uh, so you're like in a VR, like, but but you're. It's kind of funny. It's like you're sitting in a circle, but with a VR helmet on. It's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What would it take, Jordan, for you to get interested at all in VR? In VR, I mean, trying it. That's always the big thing. And I know they have those displays at Best Buy now, but I just do they? Uh, yeah, that's where they're starting to. I know they have like you can try out some gear thing or whatever at at Best Buy. I saw the display the other day. But I don't know. I I, it, mm, I don't know. It's a very isolating experience, at least uh, at least in a couch co-op perspective. Uh, it may, you know, it may connect you really well with people, you know, over the internet. But if you're sitting next to somebody, it's like, hey, uh, we're well, we're like two of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and at three ninety nine plus equipment to go with it for the cheapest option, um, it's kind of price prohibitive. It's yeah. gonna need some killer apps, like everything, you know. Killer at me, and then we'll talk. Yeah, it's, I don't think it. I don't know. It's it's tough. 
it is going to be it is going to be interesting. And who knows? Maybe it won't be till the next console generation, whatever that looks like. Uh, once it's much more integrated, I don't know. We'll see what what the future holds. But for the first time in a long time, like they're almost pitching this PS4 VR as like a new console. For the first time in a long time, like I'm just not. Like, when 3DS was coming out, I was so pumped. I was like, I gotta have one of those. Then again, barrier to entry was, what, $250? Is that what we paid, Jordan, when those came out? Yep. Yep. Very different. Um, and man, those things, those things were cool. Uh, it was the, but it was, in that case, it was also the glassesless VR that was so cool. I mean, 3D, 3D that was so cool about that, you know? It was just like, you are not, like, hooked up to a big, I don't know. Anyway. I don't like stuff in between me and my gaming, but we'll see if VR can can convince me. All right. Uh, The other big uh, news that was going on on the same day uh, was the iPhone 7 event. They announced a new iPhone 7. We won't really get into this. We're not a tech podcast. It looks kind of cool. But one of the big focuses was it was very weird because they brought uh, Miyamoto on stage at the the iPhone event, at the Apple event, to announce uh, Super Mario Run. Um, and, uh, it is the first time, obviously, except for Mario teaches typing, you know, way back in the day, or Mario was missing those, those janky PS, those janky PC games, but, but, you know, in 20 years or whatever, it's the first time Mario has been on anything but a Nintendo platform. Uh, and it looks really cool. Uh, have you guys seen anything about this? I have, I heard about it, but I haven't, I don't even know what it is. Is it like an infinite runner or is it, what is it exactly? No, it's actually, have you, I don't know if you've played the Rayman. Um, oh yeah, I have. Those awesome Rayman games on Android and iOS, those games are, uh, you know, it's like you you do run in one direction. It's an auto runner, so you move in one direction automatically, but then you jump, and and because there's only really one button for input, the jump button, um, you can, you know, in those games, you would jump once, and then you would tap it again if you wanted to, like, float down. Uh, Mm -hmm. And basically, the whole level would have to be designed in such a way that it was, like, context-sensitive what that did. So, like, you would jump, and you'd land in a little thing that would make you swing, and then you'd jump right at the right moment to jump onto a new thing. And it was very much designed around, like, it it is a platformer. You can go forwards and backwards, but your guy is automatically moving either forwards and backwards, and you just do the jumping. And Mario Run is going to be the same way. Uh, It looks really cool. What's unique about it, though, is they decided to do it vertically. So it is actually not... uh, you don't hold your device sideways. You actually just keep it vertical like a regular phone. Nintendo always has to do their little tweak, you know, to make it uniquely theirs. And that was that was kind of what they did this time. And, and it's interesting. It looks really cool. They have the developer of the original um, – let me see. I think I wrote his name down here. Where would I write that down? Um the uh, Takashi Tezuka, who was the original director of Super Mario Brothers, the very first game is actually working on this game. Uh, so they are really putting their uh, – their their best foot forward making this uh, making this a killer app. Is it iPhone? Is it or is it exclusive to the seven? I think it's oh not. It to... is it is iOS on December 2016 and in 2017 it'll be on Android. Oh, it's coming to Android too. Good. It good. is yes. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. It's going to be really sweet. I you know. know, it looks really sweet. There's three different game modes that you can play. There's like the regular Super Mario Run. Then there's Toad Rally, where you can challenge ghost versions of other players through the levels. Which is like, so it's like time attack, and then there's like you can get coins, and you can customize your own mushroom kingdom, and people can check it out, and you can play in it. It's so it's gonna be sweet. It's gonna uh, be really sweet. Go ahead, Jordan. That's interesting. No, I don't know. I was just saying. I know you're right. We're not a tech podcast, but man, I have to ask. You're not. You're an iPhone seven user. How how do you feel about? Uh, or you're an iPhone user. Uh, how do you feel about the big the big iPhone seven news? Uh, the no headphone jack. Yeah. So um, they're getting around it pretty well. Um, oh, you, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, one sec. Yeah. 
suddenly you're coming through terribly. Why? Oh, no, I hear you good. Wait, no, there you are. I think you're good now. Sorry. Okay, Kelsey, can, can we hear you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they're getting around it pretty well uh, by including a – it's basically they give you a pair of earbuds, which I, I don't use their earbuds, so this is irrelevant to me, but it's going to have a lightning connector on the earbuds. So you basically just plug it into the bottom into the same port where you charge it with, and those are packed in. And it's also going to be packed in with an adapter little cord. So basically you just hook that adapter cord onto your headphone cord, and it basically just works like it always did. I mean, it is – is a little bit inconvenient. It's, Go ahead. It's pretty dumb. I don't. They're they're trying to prior or not prioritize. What's the word I'm looking for? Propri, propri, bleh, proprietorize. Proprietorize. Yeah, listening on their device. They want you to pay like what is it? Like I think it's 159 dollars, 150 dollars for like the air. AirPods, the AirPods, but you don't have to buy those. I mean, no, you don't have to because they have the lightning cable. It comes packed in with an adapter. I mean, but that's an it's an unruly fix. Like that, it's, guess, it's, yeah. I don't know. I just think like, I mean, I'm not an iPod user. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an iPhone user and I don't want to disparage iPhone. I know the people that have it like it. It's just, that would be something I would definitely, cause I don't care much about my phone anyway, but I would certainly probably be jumping ship after that just because it's such a hassle. And I use my headphone jack a lot. I don't want to think of it being phased out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying completely. I mean, at first when I heard that, I was like, ooh. Uh, but, I mean, what they say is the reason is, you know, most people are using wireless headphones now. That's, of course, not true at all, but that's what they're saying, um, at, at least that the future is is wireless. Um, they're also, like you said, it is trying to get it, so you have to buy their stuff. Like, for example, they own Beats now, um, and so they're going to be coming out, oh, day and date with two sets of Beats that work with the lightning adapter. Woo! You know? Um, and... And, and also, you know, support the uh, wireless, support the, um, you know, the, the wireless connecting to the, to the device. Um, and, 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 and also, you know, feature all the connectivity and, and, and all of that that the AirPods would have. Like you touch them and they do certain shit, you know, touch sensitive, whatever. Uh, yeah. So there, there's, a, there's some synergy there. Um, and, you know, their reasoning, the, the, like the supposed reason is it takes up a lot of real estate uh, internally that they're using for other things. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I mean, I'm so mired in the iPhone experience now. I don't think I'll leave. Uh, I don't think that it really bothers me that much anyway, because I mean, it is unruly, but at the same time, if I use one pair of headphones, usually I'll just hook it onto those headphones and that'll just become my headphones. I don't know. Uh, you're right though. I mean, let's say you use it for two things. Let's say you use the, uh, the plugging it into your car with a headphone jack for the people that don't have new cars you know, that connect via Bluetooth, and then let's say you also use headphones or maybe two different sets, uh, an overhead set for home and, and, a, and a wireless set for the road, then you'd need really three adapters, or you'd need one adapter and a test to dangle off your phone. And so also, get, yeah. or, well, sorry, but it also, are they going to be taking headphones away from their computers as well, their tablets? Like, what does this set the precedent for? I mean, I to can't. do that would be kind of... Well, okay, two on the phone is kind of ridiculous, but like, what would you do then? You just wouldn't you have would get their product to make it doable. I guess. Well, see, yeah, no, I only, I have a, I only use iPhones. I don't have like a, a Mac, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a Mac either. I have like no, I have an iPad actually, but right. But I don't think there's any. I don't think at least their argument right now is that the headphone jack is is a it's a space concern more than anything. Uh, so I mean, I'm just telling you what they're saying. I know that argument does they're, not they're, extend. That argument does not extend. They're packaging it the way they 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 best can. I'm well, sure it's got, that... it's got a new Taptic engine in there, but I, Androids have had that for a long time. That's the thing I'm most excited about that we're getting that. You know how when you touch a button, it vibrates a little to show you you touched it. 
Mm-hmm. I know you think of that as a five-year-old feature, <laughs> and it is for you. Yeah. But for us, I've never had that. So for me, um, to upgrade to that is it's going to be huge to have it on an iPhone. An iPhone always does things really well, although they're often late to the party on certain features. They were first on FaceTime, but then you know they're really late on this and some other things. So it, that is weird. That was weird going back to because I was an Android user and then I went to an iPhone. And I was like, I can't tell him hitting buttons <laughs> so I don't have the sound down. I like feedback a lot. When I, you know, if you look at uh, you know, my gaming, I don't play on iPhone on on uh, any mobile devices, pretty much any games with the exception of a couple really good ones. And the reason for that is 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 twofold really. One, microtransactions and two, lack of feedback. If I don't have a controller uh, that I can feel the button pressing, I'm I'm out. So mm-hmm. we'll see how this how this helps bridge that gap. Of course, it's you know it's not really a solution to that problem, but it'll be neat and it's something new on an iPhone for once. You know, it's finally they instead of instead of having like some huge update. I mean, the, the camera is pretty huge. If you get a plus, which is what I have, the camera is going to be ridiculous. It's got like a, a an optical zoom lens. Wow, we we did end up talking about all the features, but you know it's got an optical zoom lens and all this cool stuff. So I mean, it's it's got a lot of little updates, or some people think big updates that make it really a worthy iPhone Seven. I'm excited. I want one but i do agree with you jordan it's like come on just put the freaking headphone board on there come on now yeah anyway minor tangent but Alrighty, um let's see what else we have news wise oh yeah this one uh, you, you expressed a little expressed a little interest in kelsey uh sony has blocked fallout and skyrim mods on ps4 so they will yeah. not be coming to playstation 4 that's just weird because the whole point like when he came out and talked about Fallout 4. I vividly remember this because, like, oh my god, that's amazing. Because as, as a person who played those games on console, I always liked the idea of the mods because there was something that added gameplay and it was something interesting or whatever. And you know, the mod c- community is great for any Bethesda game. And then they're like, they're like, all that wonderfulness comes to the console. And I was like, holy crap, that's amazing! I can't believe they're doing that. They're like bringing in their modder community. They've always loved their modder community, and I'm so glad they're doing this. And now Sony's all like. Nah, son. Not on our console. I'm like, what? And that's Damn. weird because Xbox was always the console without freedom, the non-indie friendly. And then, and then, and Nintendo even before them. PlayStation was the home of freedom. What's going on? I don't. I get don't. It. I don't get it either. No, I know because like all the really good indie games always come to like it's like Steam and PS4, and you're just like, well, <laughs> and it's like Xbox One three years later. <laughs> It's, it's so right. I don't know. It's it, that's that's stupid to me. Like I, I just I don't understand why they're doing it because obviously Bethesda would have control over what mods make it, or like make it through. Because like they like I don't know. Cause I don't know how I don't know how they were doing it. If they literally gave modders the tools to do it for the console or however it was working, but like Bethesda has control over it, and I don't not like any malicious software is going to get through. And besides, like. E- they're mature games anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like... The way it's worded, it seems like they had a disagreement because with just the way it was going to be implemented, and then Bethesda's like, well, if we can't have full freedom, we're out. And I think that... It's, so that's what it seems like, because I, I don't have the language in front of me, but I believe it was something to the effect of Sony won't let us do our modding in the way that we want to do our modding. Therefore, they're saying we can't have modding or something like that. So, I mean, it seems like they just had a, a disagreement, but I don't get it. If Xbox is allowing it, it can't be. I mean, Xbox is, Microsoft's generally much more conservative. I don't get it. But. They know, and they, they, they're, like, letting the indie developers basically do whatever they want. So I can't believe they're not letting, like, a big developer do whatever they want. <laughs> I know. It's like you can play um, Binding of Isaac, you know, in, in whatever way you want um, on PS4, right? But... 
I don't know. It's weird. Okay, here it is what it says. After months of discussion with Sony, we regret to say that while we have long been ready to offer mod support on PlayStation 4, Sony has informed us that they will not approve user mods the way they should work, where users can do anything they want for either Fallout 4 or Skyrim Special Edition. So that's what they're saying. Um, so it sounds like maybe there was a disagreement about like giving the full freedom to to, to modders. I I don't know. We'll see. I guess they're worried about like stuff like the graphic ones where like people make the mods, you know, so that everyone's naked and stuff like that. Like that's what it sounds like. But I'm like, it's a mature game anyway. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. maybe, maybe it's not a mature game. I don't know. But it's like not for children. They game, are. Anyway. Oh, are they mature? Okay, I wasn't sure if they were mature or teen. And um. So that just doesn't make sense to me. But whatever. They're allowed to do it. It means their console. They're allowed to do whatever they want. They're going to piss off a lot of fanboys who were excited about that, but whatever. I, I don't have this on the list, but I just had another interesting piece of news, um, and I just yeah. I just remembered it, and that is um, there is this emulator on uh, PCs called Dolphin. Are you guys familiar with this? The, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, it's like the – yeah. It's, it's GameCube like and Wii. It's, Game, like it's yeah. GameCube and Wii and maybe okay. Virtual Boy, but it's definitely GameCube and Wii. And um, and also like this weird thing called the Triforce Engine, which is uh, runs arcade games like the Mario Kart Arcade. But anyway, uh, they their real goal was to get every single GameCube game to be able to boot on their system, on their, on their emulator. And finally, they just got the last one. I believe it was uh, Pod Racer. Uh, Star Wars Pod Racer or something like that. So one of those games, a Factor 5 game. Um, they're, they're notoriously hard to emulate, but mm-hmm. they just got it up. So now every GameCube game that was ever released is now uh, available to be played or at least booted, which is an interesting distinction because some of them won't play all the way through, but at least they'll boot, and to them that's enough. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> good job, I guess. I know! Go, 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 Dolphin Team. Go team Dolphin, Dolphin. Yeah, go boot up Pod Racers or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's that or Rogue Squadron, one of those it's it's you probably just want to boot up those games anyway i don't think you really want to play them (laughs) that's a really good point wow i that's see that's that's the perfect that's a perfect kelsey comment that is exactly right i completely agree with you you don't want to play them i just want to say we got we did it now let's now done let's turn this off all right um let's see bloodstained ritual of the night uh koji igarashi's um Successor to the Metroidvania genre, he helped birth um, with uh, Symphony of the Night. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yep. Um, is delayed. Uh, so this game was a huge Kickstarter success story in 2015 or 14. I think 15. Uh, the it raised 4.25 million on Kickstarter, winning the record for gaming, which is pretty huge considering the fact that Tim Schafer and Double Fine have been I was about to say, wow, Double raising, Fine raising some huge money for Double Fine Adventure and uh, future games. Um, so that's pretty big. And now since then, it's raised up to 5.5 million. So it has it's a it's the biggest Kickstarter game of all time. Um, and now. Uh, it was going to come out in March of 2017, kind of like the Nintendo NX, which isn't probably going to come out then, but we'll see soon. Um, and now it has been delayed until 2018 until further notice. Uh, so, oh. so that's a long time to wait. Um, that is. He basically was saying, and, and this is a good thing, considering the way that Mighty Number no. 9 turned out. And he made a response <laughs> to that, you know, is like, we better make this game not suck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so he basically is hiring a new development team. I don't think he's firing the old one, but he's bringing in like a whole nother dev team to like make sure this game gets done right. So I'm glad to hear that. I'd rather have it in 2018 and have it not suck. Sure. You know, if that's the reason. 
I wasn't even aware it had a release date, so it it's all good to me. Yeah, it's all cake, right? I, I'm happy that we're going to get to play a Metroidvania by Iga. There's also the fact that, yes, uh, it's hard to be excited about these games when they're coming out so hit and miss. It really so I'd is. rather just, you know... It really is. It really is. It is interesting. I mean, there's. We'll see what happens with. I know one of the games that we're all at least looking at. I know I am on Kelsey. Is I don't know if I've heard you talk about it. Jordan is Recore. Um, that's from uh, Comcept, who was you know the uh, the KG Inafune's company, and they're working with yeah, yeah. Armature, who did Blackgate on some other games. Um, uh, De- Death Star, Dark Star earlier this year as well. It was a PS4 uh, uh, free. Uh, uh, games with uh, Pro, yeah, PS Plus free game. Um, but they are, uh, they teamed up for this game, um, ReCore, and we'll see how that turns out. I'm hoping it's Redemption for KG. We'll see. Um, I'm interested in that one. I, I mean, yeah. It, well, it's supposedly like somewhat of a successor to Metroid Prime, so we'll see how that all does. In, in this market where we had Federation Force and are all kind of starving for a Metroid Prime game again, uh, it'll be interesting to see. But anyway, this is, there's really just a dearth of games like that, like where you explore and adventure around. Games like uh, Enslaved. Do you remember that, Journey to the West? Oh, that was a good one. I love those kind of games, man. I, I want more of that. Even uh, even Last of Us is kind of like that, but not really because it doesn't have those like really cool mechanics. So anyway, not that Last of Us isn't awesome. It is, but in a different way. Um, anyway, so that's that's delay. That's a bummer, but hopefully it'll be good when it comes out. Um, okay, so the, here's, a, here's a story we all can uh, chime in on. Uh, Nintendo Direct, uh, I believe it was September 1st, and they said right off the gate, don't expect any NX news. You're not going to get it. However, we are going to be talking about 3DS exclusively, and that is exactly what they did. Uh, Jordan, what are you excited about that came out of this? Um, well, uh, one of the games I've been playing that I'll be talking about in a bit. <laughs> okay, well, we'll leave that one out um, now, um, and we will say... Uh, Pikmin Side Scroller is coming out. Have you guys seen anything about this? I haven't. I have not. I haven't seen the actual footage uh, just because I didn't go look it out, search it out. Honestly, I mean, the, the biggest thing Nintendo for me right now uh, is Pokemon, which is just kind of dropping videos at their own. At this point, it feels like weekly pace. Uh, that game seems chock full. So I don't know if that was at the director. Just no, I think it was just they dropped it because Pokemon's its own thing now. Well, why don't we take a minute then? Um, uh, right now, and let's why don't you why don't, why don't we get a, a Pokemon update? Because uh, you guys are following that pretty closely. What's going on with Sun and Moon? What is, what is the news coming out of these drops? Uh, well, they announced a few new Pokemon. One of which is a really weird one called Type Zero, Type Null. Okay, uh, which is the weirdest Pokemon. So name. so instead of Fire or Ice or Dark, it's Null. Well, it's a normal type, but its name is Type Null, and it's another experiment, a Pokemon experiment. Uh, plenty of theories on this. A lot of people think it's related to Arceus or Arceus, however you choose to say it. Uh, Is that a character in the in the new game? He's the Pokemon, like Pokemon God. God. Oh, yeah. it's like uh, literal God. And so people have been like analyzing the design. They introduced a new team, not not a team because there's Team Skull, but there's like an institute for. Pokemon Betterment, or honestly, they, they like take care of the Pokemon that Team Skull kidnapped, but it really seems like they, a lot of people are theorizing they might be another evil organization, just of a different type, which I think could be interesting. Uh, well, uh, really, the most interesting thing about Sun and Moon to me is that the story is not at all going to be the standard go-to-eight gyms setup. I mean, it kind of still is. It's four island trials, but uh, they're introducing a lot of new elements. Ooh. And uh, my Is it going to be story-focused? Uh, well, that's always the question. Who knows? 
Uh, my biggest problem with XY was that the story was so light, but I think that's because it was such a technological focus of, like, making the game in the first place. Uh, Sun and Moon is obviously not as big a leap forward, so I think it might be like... Like, Black and White was the second DS games, or the second DS generation, and it was very story-focused. So, so they could, my they, hope... They could focus. Yeah, my hope would be Sun and Moon is pretty story-focused, and they're introducing a lot of new story elements, so I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, they also revealed their, like, mega beasts that are, like, super-powered Pokemon without names at this point. Or they were, like, designated. It was, like, M-O-1. Uh, but there's that. And uh, the biggest uh, the biggest thing was that uh, po- Professor Oak's cousin is going to be a character in the game. Yep. I forget what his full name is. He's, like, Tan... Uh, he's like, he looks, honestly, he's like Bob Barker Oak, because he's all, like, orange and with the shock white hair. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so how, but so, hmm? How do you feel about the Sandcastle Pokemon that they announced? Did you see those? I think those? the Sandcastle Ghost is freaking awesome. <laughs> oh you, you also love Keychain Guy. Yeah, I love Klefki. Klefki's my favorite Pokemon. Uh, I, I honestly, I, there's so, it seems like a lot of people just hate the... Pokemon based on inanimate objects, which I don't really understand. I think there are some cool ones. Obviously, there are some odd ones like Garbodor, but... Is that a garbage can? No, it's a garbage bag. Oh, okay. Or, well, no, it's more like a garbage pile. Trubbish is the garbage bag. Oh, my God. But I I love Klefki. I can't believe there's two garbage-based Pokemon. Well, one evolves into the other. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's one. Um, My bad. But, yeah, so Sun and Moon is... I honestly, it's like they somehow keep having new things to announce, and the game's still two and a half months away. So who knows what they've got left? They they, they really seem like like my biggest problem with X Y was the story, and that there was no end game whatsoever. It's like you finished the Elite Four and you were done with the game pretty much. But now it seems like they are they are packing this one with content. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Uh, is this going to make you get a 3ds, Kelsey? Yes. Awesome. Well, I'll yes. take I'll take a one word answer all day. It's very succinct. <laughs> nice, especially yes. now that we're talking about it. You're pumped, huh? Oh no, I am. There's like it's it it does look really cool. And like if nothing else, once the Alola stuff was announced, I was I was 100 percent on board because that's oh, yeah. Just we also so saw cool. Alolan Radicate. That Radicate is disgusting. What? Remind looking. me again. I know we've talked about this before. What does Alolan mean? It's just like a regional variant. It's like Hawaii. It's based off of Hawaii. Hawaii forms. Yeah, it's like yeah. They, they, it's a new concept. They theoretically could have been doing this for years, but it's basically, you know, the Pokemon raised in this region just are visually distinct and have different types. So it's basically a way of introducing new Pokemon that are also old Pokemon. Yeah, that Raticate though can just be eradicated. That thing was. Did you it's see got it? Got big puffy cheeks. I know it looks. I I didn't like it. Nice, I was not a nice, fan. Nice wordplay. I'm a fan of that wordplay. <laughs> eradicate. Eradicate. <laughs> I just, I was not a fan of it. I was like, oh god. Because all the other little informs are like, like, they don't have to be cute, but they're like good. And then I was like, what happened to this? They like made it darker and then they were like, puff out your cheeks. <laughs> that was it. It has a mustache too. Oh! Oh, it does. Oh, Sorry. Oh. And it has smaller teeth, I guess. Alright. Mustache and smaller teeth. Now he's a hipster eradicate. I'm sure, yeah. That's what we'll call it. Hipster eradicate. I don't know what teeth size has to do with hipsterness, but <laughs> whatever. I said it and I'm sticking to it, damn it. He has his penny farthing, though. He's also... <laughs> word, word. Uh, any more... Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, any, first of all, any more Sun and Moon news? No, no, that's all good. Back 
Uh, well, no, no, no. I also want to talk about um, Pokemon Go. Um, so you, there was some uh, Pokemon Go news as well, uh, Kelsey. Yes, there was. They, they were talking about an update. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be released, but I'm really excited for it because it's called the Buddy System. And so okay. basically, you choose a Pokemon, and it's your buddy, and it kind of follows you around. It's kind of like Pikachu is for Ash. And, like, when you go into your, like, trainer thing, like, you see yourself and you see your little, like, whatever you chose. And the cool thing about it is that as you walk, you make candies. So, like, you walk, like, let's say a kilometer, you get a candy. I don't know what the ratio is. But but it's really nice for people who, like, live in an area where they got lucky and they either hatched or they just so happened to find a Pokemon that's, like, not really native. So, like, for me, there are no Charmanders around where I live. I saw one Charmander in Pennsylvania, and that was it. And you didn't so, grab like, them. No, I did. I grabbed him. Oh, I was oh, so good. excited. <laughs> so I so like I could make my Charmander my buddy, and then if I walked around, I'll create candy. So it's a great way to create candy for people who like don't have any way of getting. Because the way you get candy is either uh, if you hatch Pokemon, they give like I think it's like fifteen candy of a type of their type. What and does then, candy mean? Candy is used. It's like so. It's like for Charmander, it's Charmander candy, and you need like a certain amount of candy to evolve your Pokemon. Candy is the way you evolve. So, like, you need, like, 25 oh. Pokemon to evolve Charmander Charmeleon. And so... But well, if you me, can't get the Charmander in the first place Yeah, down but if you here. can't get the Charmander in the first place, you're just like, well, I have a Charmander who has, like, three... Because you get three candy for every time you catch a Pokemon, too, and then one for transferring it. So it's like, well, I can't catch it, so there's no way. So I just have a Charmander. So if I ever wanted a Charizard, I'd have to go to a place that had Charmanders. Or... Now I can have it as my buddy and walk around and then slowly make candy. And I'd rather slowly make candy than, like, just be, like, kind of screwed out of, you know. Evolving him. Yeah. Because, okay. like, apparently, f from what I heard, I don't know if it's true, but, like, I'd have to go all the way to the mountains, which is, like, three hours away where Charmanders start to spawn. That's really so, crazy. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of game that could, like, ruin your life if you're really hardcore. Oh, no. It, I'm sure it has. I, like I said, though, a lot of it's dropped off. I'm wondering if the buddy system will bring people back because a lot of people have actually caught all the Pokemon and they were like, well, I'm done. Well, that's what um, I wanted to ask you about, right? So whenever, last, so here's been the evolution. About two episodes ago, it was like, oh, yeah, Pokemon Go. Man, I can't believe how huge this is, right? We all knew that. Then last episode, it was, yeah, Pokemon Go is kind of going by the wayside. A lot of people still play it, but, you know, I'm hearing a lot of negative about it, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, circuits that you travel on the internet. And then this time we were doing our pre-show and you were just like, yeah, Pokemon Go, everybody hates it now, <laughs> basically. Well, I don't, uh, well it's, it's just like, because like they took the Marco Polo aspect away and like they haven't really yeah. implemented the new Marco Polo system into every phone. Like, I, like... There hasn't been an update for a while to implement that. So that's kind of, so it's kind of like you're stuck and it's not fun. But like I said, the buddy system uh, hopefully will make it so that people start playing again and, you know, the addition of other things. And they did make it also where you can get appraisals from your gym leader so you can figure out the um, IVs of your Pokemon, you know, like the secret, secret hidden stats. Just so that if your Pokemon's like a really good Pokemon, now you have a way to figuring that out. And that, that, that brought people back for a little bit, but like people who were really into Pokemon Go are still really into Pokemon okay. Go. People it's who just are just kind of like casuals that are sort of fading. Yeah, it's the people who are just kind of like, or they're like, I'm just going to wait until because they have so they have talked about that they do want to release the next generations of Pokemon. So it's like they're waiting for the next big update, which I feel like is like with any game. A yeah, lot of times. I mean, like it's like so. it's almost like Destiny's a good a good example. Not it's not free and it's not on the same level, but. You know, it's like people like me are waiting for the next release to drop, and then I'll be back. Yeah, exactly. 
Cool. All righty. Uh, well, back to Nintendo Direct. Um, the games that they announced were uh, the, this Pikmin game. I didn't get to talk about it too much, but it's basically a side-scrolling Pikmin, uh, which has uh, people pretty divided, uh, I got to say. Um, you know, the idea is it's kind of like a chibi-robo type game, if you know what that's like, uh, where you sort of you run through the side-scrolling, and you have your, your three Pikmin types with you, or multiple of each, and you, like, shoot them at stuff, you know, to, like to, like, do stuff. So it's kind of like a puzzle side-scroller in a way. So it's like, ooh, that tree looks like it needs some Pikmin up there to, like, burn its leaves off. That's a bad example. They probably wouldn't do that. But it looks like there's some trash in the road. We need to burn it up with this red Pikmin. So you throw the red Pikmin at it, and then once you get five or six on there and they take a couple seconds, they burn the trash away and you can progress. Or there's an enemy, a big uh, no, a moth in the sky. you got to throw something at it, electric, whatever. Uh, and then there's a platform you got to get to. So uh, you use the Pikmin that can jump high, and then they throw down like a ladder for uh, Olimar. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It sounds like it might be interesting. It might bring it to a larger audience. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I like Pikmin, but uh, I... I, I, I the Nintendo releases so many side-scrollers, it's, it's hard to be as excited every time. Not that they're not good games, and I'm sure this will be a great game. But I'm I'm just not uh, excited. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I hear it. I hear it. Another game that they announced uh, was Yoshi and Poochie's Woolly World, um, which is the uh, a, a, a pixel perfect port of Yoshi's Woolly World. But it also includes Poochie. And uh, what was the first thing you told me when I told you about this, Jordan? Just, I mean, it's already been pretty obvious they're killing the Wii U, and they haven't officially said, yeah, the Wii U's dead, but between this and the other game uh, that they announced, it's it's basically a case of, you don't really need a Wii U anymore. I mean, yeah. it's arguable you never did, but there are a lot of good games. Uh, but they're bringing almost all of them to 3DS, so... I, I know. It's 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 interesting. Uh, but I was actually... that That, that is another thing I was going to ask you about, but this time I was, I was hunting for... Uh, there's a Poochie Amiibo! <laughs> and he's fuzzy. Well, I would hope is he he would be made of yarn, right? He's a yarn poochie, indeed he is. But anyway, there's also little poochies in the game, and they can go around the certain like extra poochie levels, I think. And then also poochie can go around in the levels and find extra collectibles for you. Um, that's definitely the way I'm gonna play that game uh, because I I actually got it for uh, Wii U, and then I was like, yeah, I, I, I traded it real quick, and I got something else. Um, I just wasn't feeling like playing it at the time. But on, on a, a plat- on a portable, I could really enjoy that game. So I think I'll, uh, I'll be back. Um, the big news, however, well, I'll just get, I'll get the little news out of the way. Mario Party, there's a new one. It looks okay. End of story. Um, there's a Mario Sports game, which is like Mario Sports mix for the Wii, but it's on 3DS. Um, there is more amiibo announced. Uh, three uh, 25th anniversary Zelda amiibo. Uh, there's a Toon Link. There's a Toon Zelda, and there is um, uh, a 16-bit. Um, what is it? Like a 16-bit? Uh, no, it's more like an 8-bit Zelda, uh, Link. So he looks like the, the 8-bit Mario, but he's Link. Um, so that looks kind of cool. I think there's one more. There was like a double pack, and then I think that's the Toon Zelda and Toon Link. Then there's the then there's the the one I just mentioned, the 8-bit. What was the third one? Do you remember, Jordan? I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, there's three Amiibo, the 25th anniversary, et cetera, et cetera. You know, a lot of podcasts that I've listened to have been talking about, man, how much it sucks that Metroid had a 25th anniversary too, and nothing was done. They just, for some reason, Nintendo hates Metroid. Like, that's people's theory. They just don't show any love for that series. It's weird. Um, 
It's like they almost do stuff to hurt that series. They're like, oh, it's the 25th anniversary of Metroid, huh? We're going to give you like a bastardization side project. <laughs> you know? I mean, end of the day, it and Star Fox are games that are really outside of what you th- probably – I mean, they are Nintendo classics, but they are outside of the standard Nintendo model of types of games that they like to make. So, I mean, and if you look at Metroid – like what the past four or five games were all farmed out to you know f- third party developers anyway so yeah they worked really closely with retro um but but yeah you're right sure but the point you know they didn't make it you're right. straight hand you're right it's not first party it's one and a half party like i was talking about a podcast ago you're not wrong yeah um okay um and then the big news um buried the lead oh no there's also a game called tank troopers i keep burying the lead sorry guys um there's a game called tank troopers it looks kind of weird with tank combat and it's very chibi. And then the big news is Mario Maker 3DS. So that is, that is pretty cool. It is, except there are reasons why it's not. Um, oh, no. this, this is really out. Yeah, get ready. So Mario Maker is coming to 3DS. However, it is coming sans huge features. You're not going to believe this, Kelsey, when I drop this on you. You cannot search for levels. You can't. <laughs> You cannot search for levels people made. That's not doable. You can't do it. <laughs> then why make the game? I, I, that's what I'm saying. Another thing you cannot do. A big part of the uh, uh, the Wii, Wii U version is uh, uh, costumes. Like you can like t- you can suit up into like a you know, like like amiibo. Every time you put an amiibo on the on the thing, you know this feature, Jordan. What do you what is how does it work? I think we lost Jordan. All right. So it's I finally found. Do you know how to find Nintendo Direct information? Holy crap. For the amiibos, I've tough. been looking for it. Uh, it's no like problem. okay, so it's like eight bit Link from Ocarina of Time, and then it's okay. like or no, Cartoon Link, yeah, Cartoon Link and Zelda from Wind Waker. That's the double pack. Okay. And then oh, Adult Link from Ocarina of Time. Here it is, Adult Link from Ocarina of Time, Cartoon Link from Link and Zelda, uh, Link and Zelda from Wind Waker, and then Retro Link from the original Legend of Zelda. Okay, that 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 Adult Link from Ocarina of Time, like isn't that the Link we already have? Maybe he's holding an Ocarina. He is holding an Ocarina. Ah, there it is. Jordan, are you back with us? Yeah, yeah. Awesome, cool. So yeah, I just did a, I just called an audible break, and then uh, I'll edit it later. I figured, it'll, yeah. It'll seem seamless. Um. Anyway, so what I was I was dropping the bad news on um, on Kelsey about Mario Maker 3DS about how you cannot search for levels in that game. Yeah, I kind of heard that. Um. Not only <laughs> that, but you can't make levels and upload them to the internet. The only way you can share levels on the 3DS version is by sharing them through StreetPass or with your friends who are sitting next to you. Huh. It's mind-blowing. It's that's... a mind-blowing decision. So what, what what can you do? So here's the things you can do. I know, that's what I was wondering. You can play pre-made levels via their best-of boards. Like, you search, like, the best-of, and you can play, like, the best levels as chosen by Nintendo. You can do 100 Mario whatever, or 10 Mario, whatever it is, 100 Mario... Something like that. Uh-huh. You can do that, and they pick the levels for you, so it's all randomized. I think uh, you can access, but you also can't access a lot of the Wii U levels because a lot of them are blocked because they use the costumes feature and certain other features that won't be in Mario Maker 3DS. Yeah. You guys still here? Yeah. yeah. You're just kind of yeah. speechless, huh? Yeah, no, that's... I guess there is a reason to keep your Wii U. Yeah, well, in no. that case, yeah. I mean, Mario Maker is one of the biggest titles on Wii U, and uh, especially in the last year. And I don't know. 
You just took out like all the reasons Mario Maker is Mario Maker. Like you're just like here's here's Mario. I don't even know. Like there's no Maker yeah. in Mario Maker now. I know. I know. Well, no, it's like you can like make levels for your buds and like you know say, hey, play this level I just spent five hours making and no one else could ever see except my friend next to me. And your street passers. Oh, oh my bad. That really matters anywhere but New York City and San Francisco and Chicago, you know, and Japan. Oh wait, Japan. Nintendo's I mean, constant fixation. You know, there's like Magfest. That's true. That's true. That'll be any fun. convention. That's 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 true. But like, why not just have it on the internet? God damn it! Right. No, it is stupid. I don't understand it at all. Oh man. But anyway, along with the amiibo, you just uh, rattled off. Uh, thank you for looking that up, uh, Kelsey. Uh, that's the news coming out of the 3DS um, Nintendo Direct. Um, we don't know if we're going to get NX news coming out of Tokyo Game Show, but more and more and more podcasters and uh, you know enthusiast pundits or whatever you would call it um are saying that they're not expecting nx until maybe next christmas now because they're just not talking about it so i don't know we'll see i'm praying they announce it and it comes out in march but we'll see um and then beyond that uh there's just a couple games that came out that are interesting to mention um ace attorney spirit of justice came out do you know that jordan yeah I haven't played the last, like, three. Two, I know. So. I gotta catch up. I'm on Apollo Justice. But I just recently refound my uh, Nintendo DS Lite, which has Apollo Justice in it. So <laughs> I'm really excited about that. So now I can finally get back and play that. Yeah, I still, and, own, I still own Apollo. I need to need to pick, get back to it. The game's great. Um, also, the new Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, came out. Um, and this game is getting phenomenal reviews. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and then there's a new Mist type game from the same developers, uh, Cyan, who made Mist. It's called Obduction. Not abduction, like an alien abduction, but Obduction. OB. What do you guys think? That was weird. What do you think? I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan. I've never, well, I never played uh, Mist, and I don't I don't know. I It sounds interesting. I would like to try it out. I mean, I want to try out The Witness, which is a, also a very Mist-like game, so I shouldn't, like, I, I don't hate on it. But, like, I also heard that, like, it was kind of janky, so I don't I don't know which yeah. is because like nothing else like I, I don't know only like two people said that it was kind of janky because everyone else is like giving like what eight point five nine yeah. Yeah. out of ten so it was weird to hear that it was janky but it's it, it looks really pretty. What is it about? Do you know? Um, I don't really know what it's about. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think anybody ever talks about what it's about. People like people are always like, oh, it's from the people who made Mist. Oh, it looks kind of cool. No one ever tells me what Look, it's about. Here, I looked it up. It's it's a spiritual successor to Mist, apparently. Okay. In the game, the player finds their character transported to strange alien worlds, but with human elements within the settings. The player must explore and solve puzzles and figure out how to return home. So it's that's that's it. <laughs> There's, mm. There it is. Sounds interesting. I didn't even know this was a game until you said the word five a minute ago. Yeah, abduction, dude. Um, it seems interesting. I mean, I don't know. Mist and Riven, huh? I played Mist and I played Riven. Actually, I think I played Mist and I couldn't play Riven because it didn't run on my computer, which is sad considering how not really that demanding that game is now that you look at it. But anyway, it just came out on the twenty fourth of August. So this is, I mean, it came out like it was a sleeper, man. It got dropped like a like a stealth. Like, I knew nothing about this game coming out, and then it was just there. Another game that came out recently that I didn't know was coming out that you might be interested in, Jordan, and you too, Kelsey, is The Turing Test. Have you heard of this? Yeah. That looks... I saw it at E3. That game is... I I saw Kirk Hamilton again. I've been watching a little bit of him on Kotaku lately, and I saw him playing it, and uh, it's really portally. 
Um, and it's got a really cool story about like an AI that maybe went rogue. And it's like, he, he has like a British accent. He's kind of malicious, but like hiding it while you're helping him. And it's got twists and turns along the way. It seems really cool. Yeah, no, it does. Uh, I was watching day nine play a little bit of it. So yeah, it looks fun. I mean, you have this little gun that looks like a shotgun, but it grabs and shoots out, uh, power sources that have different like levels of power. So like you'll have these stairs on hydraulics that need like different levels of power, uh, and like you put one in and it makes it jump all the way up. One in makes it go up, down, up, down. Another one makes it go, you know, a little bit up, a little bit down, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure out the puzzle from that. That's just one, one mechanic it has. It has a lot of different spatially motivated, you know, sucking and pulling and shooting and powering and interesting mechanics. Anyway, that looks interesting. But that is the end of this crazy news uh, segment. I think maybe the one of the longest we've ever had. But it's, there's been a lot of news. Actually, it was pretty, uh, pretty compact, all things considered. Oh, good. Good, excellent. Um, well, uh, on that note, uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. And I've been talking a lot, so let's hear what you guys have been playing. Uh, who do we want to start with? Kelsey, what have you been playing? <laughs> this well, might go perfect with news. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna end with that one. But okay, I can start with, with it. it if you want to you do whatever you want to do. Your destiny is yours. Yeah, no, let's start with it to get it out of the way because okay. some people are upset about it. Um, right, right. I. As much as I was hemming and hawing about it last podcast, I did end up buying on launch day. Ah, wow, Legion. Awesome. Legion. And You're one is, of the legions of fans. It, it, no, it is. It is the best expansion I've ever played. And I've what? played basically all of them. It's better than Burning Crusade, including Karazhan. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, I mean, oh Karazhan's God. still my favorite raid, and it's really cool that it's being brought back as a five-man dungeon. Um, that's really neat. I'm excited to go back to Karazhan. That's in the patch, right? Patch 7.1 or something? Or yeah, 7... it's in patch 7.1. That hasn't dropped yet. But, like, they have all these videos for it, and I'm really excited for it. And it's, I'm just, I'm, oh. But it, it is. It's so cool. You start off, and it's all this lore that you've always wanted to see. Although, oh, I've cried three times playing it. Like, <laughs> emotional what? tears. What? Well, that's no, cool. What, They're, it's pulling on heartstrings and, like... They've oh. killed off six people so far and like not like little dudes like main character dudes <laughs> so they're going they're put they're, they're swinging for the fences with the story uh, oh yeah no because this is the burning legion the burning legion is like the big bad of all of warcraft like this is this is it really this is a lot of people are saying it's probably the last expansion which honestly i don't know where they would go from here i know blizzard you know they want to make money which i'm not you know well no there'll be about. enough there'll be wow too i mean at that point yeah wow too but uh no, it is, it is amazing. All right, it, so what is it that makes it so amazing aside from the great story? Um, the questing is actually really cool. So the whole thing now is that you have these order halls, which are based off of your classes, and they each have their own little story depending on what class you are. So you have your own little like personal story. Like I play a shaman, and I go into like literally the heart of Azeroth. So I go into the heart of like the entire world, and that's where I and I'm like the farseer, so I'm like the master of it, which is amazing. And you get these artifact weapons from your class hall. And these are the weapons, and you like you don't get any other weapons. These are like your weapons, and you power them up with artifact power, and they just get so they get stronger as you level up and stuff like that. And you can, and it kind of looks like the sphere grid from like Final Fantasy. Like you open it up and you like put Ooh. talent points into it. So it's a new way to level. Well, you level, and then your weapon levels with you as okay. well. So it's awesome. like so that y- your level keeps growing as you keep growing, so that you don't have to use another one. But like, because I'm a shaman, I got to I get to, I own Doom Hammer. <laughs> Which is this weapon that's just like it's been a like 
Thrall has owned it forever. <laughs> and it's wow. like this iconic weapon of all of World of Warcraft. Like, even people who don't like, they're probably like, yeah, no, I know what Doomhammer is. But I own it now, and I use it. Like, I had to go through a quest, and I had to take, rip it from, like, the heart of the earth, and it chose me. Oh, my me. God. It's this amazing quest, and, like, and it's all different. So if you play a paladin, you get your own separate quests that go from, like, 100 to 110. Like, there's a bunch of different things. Oh, so and that is how you level to 110, is doing that quest. No, 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 no. That's, like, a supplementary quest to the actual questing zone, because there is the Broken Isles, which... When you go to your class hall, you open up the scouting map. And the scouting map basically has all the areas on it. And you click on it. And what's really cool is now the zones level up to what your level is. So you can pick any zone outside of Suramar, which is the end game zone. You can pick any zone and you can level there. And you can level for, you know, for as long as you want. And it's going to be your level mobs. So like you have your own zone instance. So if you're level 100 and you're questing in like say High Mountain, they're level 100 mobs. If you're 104, you're also questing in High Mountain, they're level 104 mobs for you. I also heard that you can quest with somebody who's a different level and the mobs will adjust to both of your levels. Yes, the, the, yes, everything is adjusting to how you two will play the game. So everything is adjusting to it. So now I'm 110, so every zone I go to has 110 mobs. Well, 110 so, the cap, right? Yeah, 110 the cap. So which is really nice because like that goes into the, instead of doing daily quests, they added world quests. And these are kind of akin to the Diablo 3, like, adventure mode, where you get a quest in a certain area, it's like, kill this boss again, and then, so you do it. So that's what it, so that's what it is. And when you do certain um, quests, you get reputation with an area, and also, if you have the emissary quests, you get a cache. And that cache can have loot in it, it's like where you would get your legendaries and stuff like that, and so it's really nice because then it varies up your dailies because you're doing these different quests. So it's not the same daily over and over and over again. You're like doing a different quest every time. And you, you can stop whenever you want to. Like did you if you did your emissary quests, you get like three emissary quests a day. Uh, and it's usually like complete four quests for the blah, 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 whatever the, um, re the reputation is. And then you're done. And then you can be done and you level another character or whatever. But... It's just, it's so cool, and prior to launch, which kind of makes me upset that I didn't buy a prior, they had um, invasions. So, like, say you had, like, a level, like, you haven't played in a while. Like, for me, I haven't played in a while. I don't really, for all of my characters, want to go through, like, Draenor. Well, for the invasions, they that was your way to level to 100, because they instanced it so that you could, and then you would quickly level by killing all these invasion things. And it was story-related. Like, you got story-related stuff, and you could use it for the Demon Hunters, which so is the new class. How did you level, then? Uh, the oh, hard fat old... I'm doing it the old, old-fashioned way. Uh, oh, okay. So you, so you got one character that started at 100, because they give yeah, you one, Yeah, when right? you buy the game, you can get a token boost. And so I token boosted a Shaman to 100, so that I could play right away. I also, though, have 70... And that was a Shaman... Wait, hold on. But that's a Shaman that you had never played Shaman before, right? Well, I've played Shaman before, but, like, I just created a whole nother shaman so that I could, cause it was a horde shaman. So, and I wanted an alliance shaman. So. Oh, so you could, so I could go in and play this game and start from absolute scratch and do just what you did. Yes. If when you buy Legion, you get one token that boosts a character to hundred. Now, if you already played, you could boost a character that you had to hundred. I just didn't want to, because I was kind of like, I didn't want to play any of my characters that mm -hmm. I had. Yeah. So I was kind of like, but then I kind of screwed myself too. But anyways, because you but, don't have the gear. Uh, well, no, when you boost 100, they give you 100-level gear. Oh, my God. There's a tutorial to teach you how to play your class. 
and they give you a bunch of, and they give you like a legion invasion kit which gives you gold and they give you another kit which gives you like food and stuff like that so no oh no they totally prepare you they're what like if, what you if go. you don't like your class what if you pick a class in boost and you're like ah oh, this sucks you can okay so what you can do is when you go into the character creation scene uh creation screen you can do level 100 trial and you can try a level 100 character out so say you're like i want to try out a rogue you do the level 100, you, like, test it out. Oh, wow. You're like, I don't really want to play this. And then you're like, so then you try it out. So you can. You can play, and then you kind of figure out what kind of class you mesh with the most. But once you use the token, the token's used. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, there, there are ways that you can, like, test out characters. Because there is, there is that option, which I think is really cool, too. Cause well, it has to be like, for any new players to come in. Because a lot of people have left WoW, and if they want to keep any kind of level of awesomeness, I mean, obviously, repeat players are their bread and butter. they got to bring new people in. Oh, you yeah, know, um, definitely. And I, it's, I mean, like, I feel like if you're a new person coming in, the story isn't as emotionally impactful. The story yeah. is definitely for the old players. But it's still a heck of a lot of fun, and it's really great. For leveling, too, because, like, when I level another character, I can be like, well, excuse me, I didn't like X zone. Like, I didn't like Azuna that much, so I will skip over Azuna, and I'll level in the other areas instead, and, you know. Oh, wow. And I'm not, I'm not like, pigeonholed to it, and if I want to be like, oh, well, I want to start here this time, and blah, and, you know. And but it's great. Could, but you could go in and play through, starting from, well, it's not really Vanilla WoW, but, like, the Cataclysm version of the first areas, right? Yeah, well, the Broken Isle is a whole other zone. No, no, no. I'm talking about if I came in and I didn't want to use the token, I wanted to go through all the content that's been released for WoW so far. Would that be doable? Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely doable. I mean, it's going to be, it's long. <laughs> it's a long, long, long road that you have ahead of you. But, no, it's totally doable. But is that stuff fun to play still or not really? No, I think it is. If you haven't played it, like, I haven't played it in a while, so I'm still... I still enjoy it. Like I do, I'm, I am level a level 75 character every once in a while too. And I mean, there's parts of Wrath of the Lich King that I didn't like, but like slumming it down at 75, <laughs> slumming it down to 75. And it's like, so, you know, there, are, but it's still, no, it is fun. If you haven't played it ever, it's a lot of fun and it's cool. Cause you get to see all the story and you kind of get a little more invested in the characters. Then what happened to, to like the Vanilla WoW and the Burning Crusade stuff and the Wrath of the Lich King stuff once Cataclysm came? Is it still there, or what happened? Cataclysm, no. Vanilla WoW, as it exists, doesn't exist anymore, because Cataclysm was... Ba- Deathwing basically was like, screw Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor, and, like, raised it and, like, destroyed it, because that was, like, the whole thing of Cataclysm. So you can't play that part anymore, but how... Do, so what no, do you Vanilla do? Um, well, they just... It just changed... So it, you can it, you still play the zones, but it's different quests, and honestly, they're better quests. They oh, basically okay. were like, "This is a much more fun. It's a much more fun leveling experience now, in my opinion." When I, and I leveled back in Vanilla WoW, and I hated all the quests that I had to do. There, it's a, a lot more quests, a, a lot different from one to hundred and stuff like stuff like that. So, or well, really one to like fifty, because that would be like what you would do in Cataclysm stuff. So, interesting. Yeah. Right. Well, cool. So it sounds like Legion is really awesome. What's your favorite thing you've done so far? My favorite thing I've done so far? Oh my goodness. Is it the story? Is it is it how Yeah, how the, the, the the class hall thing, like when when Thrall was all like talking to my character and was all like, "Listen, I can no longer commune with the elements, but you're a really strong shaman. Now you're a farseer." I got emotional and I was like, "Oh my god." But you, what what was the furthest you actually played a shaman up to like before you boosted? Um, 
Lunali is 84. So oh, I, I wow. Played, so you I played, played a shit ton of Shaman already. Oh, yeah, no, I have uh, at least 80s of all characters. Wait, what? Yes. You have, have a, every class? Level 80 at least, yes. On multiple, and sometimes I have, like, So you have, like, a, you, you have, like, 365 days of playtime in that fucker, then. I mean, I've been playing since I was 13. I've been playing That's for 11 years. That's all she talked about in high school, because she's an addict who has relapsed. <laughs> that I is was... what everybody who plays WoW is like, though. Yeah, they're all addicts. That's what everyone who, you know, does cocaine is like, because they're all addicts. Well, yeah. I mean, it is true that the only reason I haven't played WoW, which I know would be, is, it was and is an amazing game, is because it's all you can really do when, you, when you're doing it right. You don't really have time for anything else. Which I mean, yeah. that's changed with Legion, but... Well, Legion did add in a couple of things. But, like, no, if you want to play as a purely casual player, which is what I'm doing, like, I'm a-okay with all the minimal stuff that I'm doing, because it's still fun. And besides, raids haven't even been released yet. Raids will be released in four days, I think? The first raid will be released? What is the um, uh, level? Is it 110? Of course. Yeah, 110 is what you need. And how geared do you need to be? Do you have to have your weapon all the way leveled up too? Your your no, your you don't have to have your weapon. You have to. Well, okay, I don't know for raid what the. I know for heroics you have to have eight ten gear, and I want to say it's like eight forty eight fifty for raids, and I'm at eight hundred, so I'm pretty close to heroics. Oh, okay. Are you gonna go raiding? No, I'm not raiding anymore. I'm done no? with that. No, I don't really want to. It's not something that I I, I quit raiding back in um, Wrath Lich King. It, I was, it just it just I didn't want to be that invested in it. So well, wait, wait, wait. Remember those days. So it's still satisfying to play if you don't raid. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yeah. It's been satisfying to play WoW without raiding. I mean, it depends who you talk to, honestly. Because some are, like hardcore readers be like, it's stupid without the raids. I'm like, you're, you, people can play however they want to play. But I've been playing just that way since Wrath of the Lich King for the most part. And it's still enjoyable to do all that stuff. Because there's so much content to do without having done raids. That's crazy. And like, there's a whole other story when I play Horde side. Like, I, there's a whole story I don't even know about. <laughs> That's crazy. Because I haven't played Horde yet. So wait, oh okay. So you just wait. So you had a horde shaman. You wanted an alliance shaman. Yes. So how did you not play horde? Oh, you haven't played the horde side of this yet. Yes, I haven't oh. played the horde side of this yet. Ah. Yes. Okay. I'm finally understanding your 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 status quo in WoW now. I'm glad I had that little primer, and it taught me a lot too. So that's cool. That's really no, but cool. I would definitely recommend it. if you were someone who quit during Draenor or anything like that. Blizzard really stepped up their game. What's and wrong with Draenor? Why is it so shitty? People didn't like the garrison. From what I'm understanding, and the they didn't garrison? like this story. The garrison was like your house, and like you got followers, and it was kind of like they went on fetch missions. They still have that; you can still do it in your order hall. But it's basically, like you get quests that only your followers can go on, and so you send your followers out, and they get like a score of like how like how capable they are of completing it, and they come back, and they come back with like gold or experience or like artifact power. So, but they did add uh, a phone app which you can control all of your followers and quests in, on so you can do it on your phone. So, like, I literally re-upped a quest while I was on the oh. podcast because one finished while I was on. Oh, so, Jordan, <laughs> what do you think about that? I remember high school. I remember being one of your like, oh, I'm stuck at school. I guess I have to talk to real people, friends. But we all knew. We all knew where you're real. 
loyalties lie <laughs> on the internet. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. All uh, right. So uh, one quick question. How much is Legion? Is it 40 or 60? It's 50 plus game time. So What? Yes, you have to buy game time. It's It doesn't come with game time the first when you buy it, which kind of is lame. But if you wait for it, they usually have like a special that they run. What that is game comes with... time? You have to buy the subscription. Yeah, it's a, it's a subscription thing. You'd pay 15 bucks a month to play the game. Wait, but but why is it called game time? You buy a month of game time. I don't know. Yeah. That's oh, just is that right? Thing. Okay. I was thinking yeah. about like 10 hours, and I was like, that won't work. No, no, you buy a month worth of game time. Or you can buy a year's worth of game time. Depends how much money you want to spend at a I time. just cannot believe that it's fifty-five. It's $65 then. Yeah. Well, most people are already paying that subscription. Yeah, but all the newbies. It's not very newbie-friendly. I mean... $65 is a standard game price. Well, 60 I mean, is. I don't know. I, I don't I mean, know. Tax. I don't know. I And granted, that's with tax, too. But I, I don't think... I mean, that's how much you pay for Deus Ex, so... No, I, I hear you. I just am surprised, that's all, because I feel like, I don't know, how much was Pandaria? Well, you also have to remember, Same. newbies can get a free month. Oh, that's true. That's true, I forgot that. What is, uh, how much is Pandaria? Well, it's, well, you, I I don't know. I'm pretty sure, though, you just have to buy Legion, and then you can just start playing, and it comes with everything, because I didn't have to buy Draenor to play Legion. No, but what I mean was how much was, like, the oh, other. Oh, no, it, there, it's it's comparable. It's all It was all 50 bucks, from what I remember. Oh, okay. okay. So it's not like this is an inflated price. This is about what it's been. So, Although with Pandaria, I bought. See, you no. Know, if if you wait, it will go on sale. Not that I'm, but like for other people, it will go on sale at some point, and it usually comes with free game time. So I see. If you're not, if you're a newbie and you kind of want to play, wait for it to go on sale, or try the ten day free trial. They always usually give up out a ten day free trial pretty soon. They'll start it. Interesting. So. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds like something fun that if I really uh, had a lot of time to kill one day, I will definitely uh, think about. So, you, oh, wait. So it says you could buy Mists of Pandaria right now if you wanted to for ten bucks. I don't know how that would work. You just wouldn't. I mean, no. You just. I mean, you don't have a character that even can play Draenor or whatever. So you could buy Mr. Pandaria and play up through Mr. Pandaria content. Oh, okay. That's cool. I guess. You know, if you just want to get into WoW, there's no reason to buy, like, Legion unless you're, like, I'm buying it so I can get the 100 character boost and I can just go straight into it. If you want to do the full leveling experience, buy one of the cheaper ones, and then once you get to the higher ones, it's probably going to be on sale. <laughs> That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Okay, cool. Although I do love that token, man. Will that token always come with it, do you think? I wonder. Uh, Draenor, it always came with it. You could get a boosted character, so I'm going to assume so, yes. Okay. How Was Pandaria beloved? Sorry, last no, question. No, a lot of people hated Pandaria. What was wrong with it? It just, the, it, it threw a lot of the lore out the window. Ah. It created its own lore. And well, like, look at those pandas, they're so cool. I mean, the pandas were a thing. In Warcraft, the pandas were a thing, because you, you ran across them in Warcraft 3, I think. So, oh, I mean, okay. but, like, the island itself. Like, the whole thing in Pandaria is, like, there's this island that's always been there, but it's been in magical mist. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I see. Those are the mists of Pandaria. I see. Yeah, that's why it's the mists of Pandaria. Ah, uh, because they, they were like, let's put the retcon right in the title. Yeah, they're like, the magical mists, and then they need your help now, so... Ugh. Get over there. Uh, side little side note, man, do I hate that knife on Brock Lesnar's chest? It is so <laughs> ugly. It is the ugliest knife. Have you seen that thing? Yeah, it was no. supposed to be the the knife that the WWE was holding to his throat as he's back on the WWE. <laughs> oh, you mean he had added that later? Yeah, no that that knife because like when he got it, 
it was like supposed to be the knife that the WWE was holding to his throat. Oh my god, that makes ten times worse. Yes. I have no reason to make that up. <laughs> no, you do not, and it sounds completely authentic. Wow, that's horrendous. It is such an ugly knife, I can't even believe it. It is the ugliest fucking knife I ever saw. Alright, that's it. It's just when I'm doing my research here on the fly, I'm seeing that on IGN, and I'm like, oh my god, it's hideous. Alright. Um, cool, Jordan, why don't you hit us off with, uh, well, hit us off, speaking of addictions, right? Why don't you, uh, kick into the next game? Well, uh, I'm gonna try to keep this brief since that one went for a while. Uh, I was, uh, surprised to learn, because I didn't pay attention to the direct, but Rich informed me that, uh, the, the true, see, Rich buried the lead, because, even harder, because, screw your Mario Maker, the big news out of Nintendo Direct last week was that Pcross 3D Round 2 was finally localized. Oh, yes. America. How many years? Uh, well, it's been a year since it came out in Japan, um, which is a long time, and they hadn't been very mum about it. But it seemed like an inevitability. They did localize it. They announced a European localization earlier this year, so it felt like it was inevitability. But yeah, it was just suddenly like, oh, yeah, we announced it, and it's out today, which Nintendo's done a few times now. I couldn't believe but, I was able to give you Pcross news. Because Jordan is the hardest core Pcross fan. He was playing Pcross for uh, months at a time when I knew him or when, when I was around him for like a little while back. Pitcross 3D was a the first of all it's one of the greatest games ever made. It was on my back on the old website it was on my runners up for greatest game of all time uh list. Oh my god. And uh I'll I'll be honest this is uh a game I'd been looking forward to. I love Pitcross 3D. I put like 100 hours into it the first time and then last year around when they announced Picross 3D Round 2. I rebought a copy because it was only $3, and I played the whole thing again, so there was another 100 hours I spent Oh my god. Uh, I have not looked at my time yet, but I'm probably somewhere in the uh, 20-hour range, maybe, on this one so far. How is it? Uh, it's... People talk about the, the divide between iterative and innovative. You know, a lot of sequels... You know, Assassin's Creed 2 is an innovative sequel. Assassin's Creed, literally any other one, is very iterative. There are small changes, but for the most part, it's the same game, right? Yeah. Uh, Picross 2, or Picross, Picross 3D Round 2 is d the definition of an innovative sequel. It takes the formula really? and evolves it in a bunch of great ways. That's the total uh, opposite of what you'd expect from Picross 3D Round 2. Well, it's been, I don't even know, six, seven years now since the first one? Five. Five or six. Five or six years since that first one dropped. Um, and it adds things in very simple ways. The original was just chipping away cubes. You'd get a big block, like a sculptor's block of uh, stone. And uh, you would uh, have numbers on the sides that say, you know, how many of those blocks stay present, how many aren't. Uh, there were different types of clues that would tell you, and you had to chisel out the proper shape. This game adds the twist that there are, instead of just one number, which are the blue numbers, there are orange numbers, and instead of being, in the old game, everything stayed a perfect cube, in this, the orange numbers turn into different simple shapes, so that it allows for more robust, uh, visually distinctive models that you're making. Um, but it also adds new wrinkles where you can have three blues and oranges in the same row, so you'll have two numbers, you have to figure it out 
with another layer of difficulty in terms of deciding, okay, I know that this layer, nothing gets deleted, but some are blue, some are orange. Uh, there's a new tagging system to what help. What does orange mean exactly? I don't get it yet. Orange makes shapes when you clear them out or when you, when you select them. So at the end, uh, blues always stay cubes. Oranges can become semicircles or uh, dots or plates. It can just become something other than a cube. Oh, okay, okay. And isn't there also, um, like, so there's blues, but there's also, like, the lack of blue, like a zero, or, like, in Pcross, like a zero or a one, right? Like, what it, like what, it, what do you call the ones that are not anything? The ones you have to they, chip away. You just figure that out and get rid of them? Oh, okay, all um, right. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no color there, it's just, I mean, sometimes there is an orange, or there's a blue zero that'll show up to say nothing's in a row, but then you just get rid of everything. Now, what I think this game adds is a bomb that will, at the start of the map, just clear out all of those right away, so it streamlines that experience. Um, it's it's very interesting. The orange and blues, they add new complications in figuring things out, but they also help. Uh, as you're shading in the orange ones, you can kind of see an outline of what it's going to turn into inside of it, sort of semi-transparent, which can help give you clues as to what shape you're trying to make. Um, I love Picross 3D. I'm... Honestly, given the type of year it's been, and uh, given, <laughs> not to give away my thoughts on what we're going to be talking about, I would not be surprised if this ends up my game of the year. I, I love it more than anything I've touched this year. I can't stop playing it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love Picross 3D Round 2, and it is, uh, it's digital only, it's $30, but seeing as there's over 300 puzzles, um, you're probably looking, again, around... 50 to 100 hours of How many puzzles play. were in the first one? Over 300. Okay. Uh, this one this one makes it a little different. The first one was, you know, easy to hard. This one uh, categorizes things, so it's a better mix of the easier and the harder ones so that it kind of has a wave to it as opposed to just being a solid difficulty curve upwards. But I like that. It, it uh, changes up the pace and makes it a little less every puzzle is exhausting, which is the case towards the end of Picross 3D where every puzzle is exhausting to get through. But, Interesting. Um, I, I, just, I don't have enough high praise. There, there's. So it's as good, if it. not better, than the first one. Yeah, and it also introduces a point system with badges that score you on your time and your number of mistakes. So uh, it has rankings, and you can unlock things, and it unlocks new books of puzzles based on how you do other things, which to me is basically just straight progression because I don't really mess up. Or... I do mess up, but I, I play puzzles over and over till I get the highest badge level if I have to. Not that I've had that many experiences with it so far. Um, it's just everything about it is a step up, and I like the idea that they're calling it round two, and they use the word franchise in it, and I'm hoping there's a round three. Uh, so, yeah, I love this game. What about uh, me? Should I play one or two? Um... I think you should play both. They're both fantastic. I think if you're going to play both of them eventually, start with the first one. It's yeah. all, obviously, it's way cheaper. You can get it for 3 bucks. Even uh, now? Yeah, I mean, at GameStop. That's how I got it. It's like $3. So it's oh, way you, cheaper. Oh, you mean the uh, you mean the, the, the cartridge? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So on, on the store, it's more. Oh, I don't even know. I don't think it's on the store. It was a DS game. Oh, Really? Yeah. But it's 3D, though, dude. 
Yeah, that's just because you're making 3D models. Oh, okay. That confused um, me for a second. All right. I mean, I think everyone should play it. I think it is well worth the money. Um, I, I think it's just, it's damn near perfect. It's one of the best sequels ever, just for how much it does to evolve the formula. I have nothing bad to say about it, other than uh, it's it's a little problematic because it's all I can play. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but also the, I think for you that's like a lifestyle game and that you can do everything else while playing it, right? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. All right, awesome. Uh, actually, I think uh, – aren't there uh, – we'll get to this later, but aren't there three games for you? What about the one you bought at the mall the other day? Oh, well, those all kind of go in one. Like, oh, uh, right. I see what you mean. Okay. All right, we'll get to that then. Um, all right. Well, let me uh, let me crank off. How many did you um, – well, my analogies – my adjectives are terrible. <laughs> I'm talking about cranking off now. All right, uh, let me go through a couple of my games. Um, Kelsey, how many did you have total? Um, I mean, I have four, but like two I will barely talk about. So I okay. can say two at once. And All then... right, so I'm going to do my, my quick two real quick here then. Um, and uh, they are uh, – well, this one's fun. So I got um, my 3DS my, – not my 3DS, my DS Lite back. Man, DS Lite is a great console. Did you guys have that? No. The DS Lite, yeah, that's what I had. Or that's and, what I still have, you actually. you had Big Fatty. <laughs> I, I had the original. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, anyway, the DS Lite is phenomenal. It doesn't at all, like, I have even with my new 3DS XL, it, it has, like, a little bit of a wobble to the screen. This one is, no, I was about to say, so tight. <laughs> but it's so stable. Um, it is just, uh, it is just really, a really solid um machine and i found mine in like a box where and, and i also found an xbox 360 controller i didn't know i had there i also found my virtual boy i mean it's just been like everything's coming up rich for finding things lately um one of the games on this list is a really crazy story for how i found it but i'll talk about that when i get to it um but uh so one of the games that i've this has been a mission for me kind of like mass effect 3 is like one of those mission games that like eventually i'll finish it but like I, it's, always, it's a long mission yeah it's exactly it's a star trek five-year mission that's what makes it a mission man otherwise it would just be a game but uh but anyway uh so for me uh, one of those games has been hotel dusk room 215 i started that game and i got to like chapter three or four it's one of those games kind of like um uh, castlevania's uh lords of shadow um is that the name is that the name of that game yeah that game is like it's good and it's like everything i should like but i just can't get through it i just can't play it we've always talked about this on the podcast that game is unfinishable I never met anyone who finished it except maybe a reviewer. Kelsey I can't make bold claims she was going to buy and play it about a year ago. I rem- I was listening to an old episode. I'll do it at some point. No, I yeah, t- yeah, sure. I sure. should do it now. That's what I think. I, I no, is it backwards compatible? Cuz that's know. when I was going to do it. Oh, okay, let's see here. Let's see. Can I don't think it is. Castlevania Lords of Shadow backwards. Let's see compatible castlevania comes to xbox one by backwards compatibility let's see hold on here we go oh no symphony of the night okay yeah, i knew <laughs> symphony of the night was but i didn't think lords of shadow was backwards compatible all right you're in the clear for right now a convenient excuse yeah right i'll buy it for you if you'll play that fucking thing my 360 is broken if i had to work in 360 i'll do it i'll get you a digital copy <laughs> no i'm just kidding it's probably still 40 bucks on digital um Look at this person goes, this is one of my favorite Xbox 360 games. I'd really love to see this made backwards compatible so I can play it again on my Xbox One. 
Woo! All right. Living the dream. Living the dream, exactly. All right, so anyway, uh, Lords of Shadow is one of those games that, like, I want to finish one day. Well, Hotel Dusk is everything I like. It's detectives. It's noir. You hold your your DS sideways. It's like a book. It's like a freaking choose-your-own-adventure kind of game. It's so cool. It's just not that fun. Um, and it, it really drags. It's slow as shit. The gameplay doesn't move. The revelations are like, dink! You know, like like a little coin just fell into a big a big glass jar. Like, think nice revelation changes very little. Um, nonetheless, I'm determined to finish it. I kind of like it, and it's kind of like a lot of writers say. I don't love writing. I love having written. That's the same way with this game. I don't like playing Hotel Dusk, but damn it, I enjoy the fact that I've finished a chapter once I'm done it. Um, so anyway, I went in and I read through all the synopses of the first six chapters to remember <laughs> what the hell happened because it's really weird and confusing, although it only took about ten minutes to catch up. And then I played uh, chapter seven. So I have like three more chapters to go, and damn it, I'm going to finish that game. Um, and when I talk do... to that UK exclusive afterwards, that's it. How do you know my motivation? Yes, I have. <laughs> You're so right, man. This is this... you talked about it. Didn't you import it? I did. And this is the reason. This is the reason that I want to finish Hotel Dust because I have, as Jordan has just mentioned, uh, the, the secret of Cape West or Case West, which is the European only DS title, and DSs uh, conveniently are not region locked, so I can play it on my DS. And I have that fucker, and it's sitting in my drawer right now, and I'm like ready. Um, so once I'm done with one Hotel Dusk, I can suffer through another one. Maybe it's better. I've heard it's really good. Legend of Case West. We'll see. It's, it looks really, really cool, and it looks like an evolution. It's like digital storytelling, you know, hold your DS in a brand new way. It looks awesome, so I'm looking forward to that. And yes, Jordan, that is exactly why you have uh, you've outed me. Um, I mean, go. yeah. Go ahead. Hmm? Oh, no, I just, I remember you talking about years ago. Yeah. That, yeah, I, I remember ta- you talking about this game, because I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, dude, Case West. I'm all about it. I, I was looking at it the other day. I also realized that I still have um, that really good um, Dragon Quest game uh, five, I think, the one where you uh, the Hand of the Heavenly Bride that everyone raves about. Mm-hmm. I have that on DS also, so I'm excited about that. Okay, um, my other game I'm going to talk about real quick here is uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. So I fired it up uh, and I played it for about 15 minutes and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's a kinetic action game. <laughs> I know, and it's supposed to kinetically keep me awake, but it was really late. I work till really late nowadays. Okay, that makes that makes more sense. Regardless, like, regardless, it didn't grab me. I'm gonna play it some more, and I will give you an update when I get further. But for right now, it's like, ooh, it's just not that great. But we'll see. But we'll see. The other thing about it is too, like, and I remember this from the original Mirror's Edge, and I've been trying to forget it ever since I played that game. And that is that, like. It's not that – the controls are not that tight or not that solid, you know? It's like when you're jumping – like a game like that where it's all about parkour and jumps, it's mm-hmm. got to be really solid gameplay. Like so that when you miss that jump, you really feel like you fucked up or when you get the jump, you're like, yes, I nailed it. Um, in this game so far, it's like, oh, if I don't point the stick in quite the right direction, it's not going to grab onto the ledge and it's not going to do the wall run. Instead, it's going to do a jump, but I wanted a wall run. You know, that kind of finicky bullshit. It's like that so far. But I'm hoping that it's the kind of game that like once you get better at it, you really get the flow and like you get awesome at it. So I'm hoping that's what happens right now. I'm like, like I said, 15 minutes in, it's not exactly fair to, to draw conclusions from that much gameplay. Um, 
But uh, but anyway, those are uh, two of mine. Um, and uh, did you only have the one more, Jordan? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I could talk about Candy Crush if you want, but no, uh, that's okay. So let me do this. <laughs> let me do this for, for for this. Let me let me um preface it, and then uh, you can dive in first, okay? Okay. All right. So uh, Jordan and I are big fans of Lego games. Um, and uh, Dimensions came out. I know the story for me, and I want to hear yours in a second, Jordan. I know the story for me was it was a games to life game, the third of those games to li- or toys to life games after Skylanders and uh, Disney Infinity. Um, and it was the first one that I'd be interested in. Yet it's one that I waited about a year to play. I mean, it was a hundred dollars up front. Um, and it was just like, well, it's, I, I had a lot of reasons why I didn't jump right on it, primarily financial, um, but I've always wanted to play it. And then recently, um, Best Buy had it on sale for, I believe, 50 bucks. Was it 49.99 or 30.45? Some, I think it was 44.99. Uh, on sale, and then I'm in the gamers club, so me and anybody with me can get the game for 35.99. So I went and picked up a copy, and that same day I was over at Jordan's place, and he was like, "All right, let's do it." Or I wanted to go to Best Buy, and he was like, "When he saw it, he was like, we got to do this." So we both got copies like the same day. Uh, I also because they were having a big sale in everything dimensions. I wish I'd even bought more that day, but I also got the Doctor Who and the Portal Two expansions or level packs. Um, and, uh, and Jordan, I don't think you got any level packs that day. Um, but, uh, that's, that was the start of our dimensions journey. And why don't you talk about how it's been for you? Uh, I don't know. I like it a lot. I think the toys to life genre is uh, fun. And I think what's cool about it is, so like dimensions, uh, the premise is exactly that. It's like all of the Lego universes that they've had before as bunch as well as a bunch of new ones are kind of like smashing together because of an evil villain lord vortex voiced by gary oldman of all people they don't mess around dude no. they got peter capaldi up in this piece yeah they have a lot of the original voice actors from franchises joel McHale voices a character um it is uh so so you know if you get the starter set it comes with batman wild style from the lego movie and gandalf and uh, those are the three characters that are like the focus of the story. Um, who 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 are they? Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the Hobbit. What's that Gandalf? Hobbit? Or no, no, no the... not Frodo. Frodo, Frodo, Robin, and uh, Metalbeard all get kidnapped, and so the three of them team up to go rescue them, and they start traveling throughout dimensions, uh, from the Wizard of Oz to Doctor Who to to of course DC Comics. A whole bunch. Each level's based on a different universe. But it's always a mashup. So it's always one universe meets another, or one universe meets two others. Yeah, there's always, like, visitations. Like, the Middle Earth level is Riddle Earth, and the Riddler is in Middle Earth. Uh, <laughs> someone thought that pun up and was like, no, this is the level now. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so the story is, of course, focused on those three, because the thing with any Toys to Life game is, on a base level, they have to be completable with what comes in the box. Uh, or not completable, finishable. You have to be able to finish the campaign. And this is your standard campaign length for a Lego game. It's about 15 levels. Although they're long levels. Yeah, they are long levels. I mean, it follows the trend of a lot of the more recent... Like the DC and Marvel games. Uh, like like Lego Batman, yeah. And um, it is a uh, fun story. I think what it does really well is the mashups. Yeah. And it provides a lot of cool humor references. 
Uh, each level is kind of its own little mini story, which is cool. Some of them are better realized than others. Yeah, the Ghost- for sure. The Ghostbusters level is bizarre because they obviously didn't have anyone come back. So the, they're go- if you're in New York, uh, but the Ghostbusters just sort of drive around and Zod shows up. It, it's, 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 it's a little lame, but, but some are really good. Some have like the original cast. What are some of your favorites? Like, I I know Simpsons I really liked, but it was short. Yeah, Simpsons was all right. Uh, I really enjoyed... um, My favorites were probably Doctor Who. Doctor Who was long and awesome. Yeah, both of those. Uh, I actually liked the Wizard of Oz one a lot. Uh, I thought it was a good first level. Um, And, yeah, those three. Oh, and the Midway Arcade level, of course. Which I haven't been to yet. I can't wait to get to that one. Is that the one where you play Gauntlet, or do you have to buy the level pack for that? No, no, you play Gauntlet there, uh, as well as a few other titles. Uh, And it's really interesting. Um, But you can, of course, do other things if you get... You know, all of your standard Lego trappings are there, like mini kits and uh, hidden things, like uh, characters in peril. That's where you need to buy those additional Lego figures that have additional abilities if you want to do that um but each character also if you have a character from franchise unlocks an adventure world and you can go to the adventure world and so obviously uh, out of the box you get three yeah and it's like any of the open worlds from the more recent lego games with a bunch of side missions not as good not nearly as good though no yeah not 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 at all sadly yeah they're the the adventure worlds are pretty uh are pretty weak at first i was like ooh, there's a lot here but i they're very they're very shoddily put together. They're not like like the great thing about Lego games is they're brilliantly designed. Like they really think through these levels and the level design. Those games are just like they threw down like a scenario, like a like a just a like it's just like they say in an adventure world. They just throw down like a 3D environment and then just stick minifigures around and say, "Hey, do me a favor and go kill these three dudes." And then I mean, three dudes pop up. I've never been the biggest fan of the adventure worlds, like, ever since the first open world with, like, the Lego Batman 2. I just feel like it's, like, here are things to do as opposed to being that well-structured. But, yeah, I would say this is definitely on the weaker end of them. Well, I mean, think about, like, Harry Potter and the mansion. I mean, that was amazing, being in Hogwarts. And, like, that was the place where you traveled between, and there was little stuff to do in there. I know it's not quite an open world like the Marvel and DC ones, but even Marvel, like the uh, Lego Lego Marvel, is has a good one of those. Much yeah, better than this. No, it's definitely better, but again, those are usually my least favorite parts of those games. Yeah. Uh, also, those had, like, little side missions that you could go to in those, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, this does too. It's also worth noting that they're very limited if you don't have any additional figures. I mean, pretty much every mission you come up to, other than... I mean, there's some you can do, obviously, but there are a lot you're just going to come up to and it's going to be like, oh, you need... A sweet uh, character, or... Yeah, you need Chris Pratt from Jurassic World. (laughs) Yeah, basically. That's really, Uh, really specific. There's a lot of vine cut. Well, no, it is. There's a lot of vine cut in this game. His ability is vine cut, and I feel like I got that pack, Jordan, and I got it because vine cut is effing everywhere. Yeah, the game does sometimes allow you to buy the character you need, which is nice, but it doesn't always do that, well, and the price the... goes up fast. Right. Well, the re- here's the thinking on that, right? Hire a Hero actually didn't come out immediately, so for the really expensive early adopters, it was like two months before Hire a Hero was available. Basically, for 50,000 studs, it lets you hire a hero. Now, one of the challenges to that is you have to earn, like in the main levels, you have to earn those studs in that level to use them. You can't use your, like, big stud stash. So you actually, like, so if there's a higher hero thing, like, right at the beginning of a level, unless you can find a way to come back to it or get the 2x multiplier and really scrounge for studs, usually you don't have enough to do the very 
first one. Um, sometimes you can come back to that area and do it, but sometimes you can't. So there, not to mention, you only get 30 seconds, and sometimes that's a bit stingy. Yeah, sometimes it's not enough to actually do it. Like, if you have to, like, water, like, five plants or something like that, you just don't have really enough time. Um, I mean, it really does want you to buy the extra stuff. The other thing for me is that, and I've just basically, the way I've solved this is just finding sales wherever I could on stuff. Uh, and, and buying as much of it as I can get for really cheap because I'm a completionist when it comes to these games. The only fun I really have in a Lego game is playing the levels through once uh, in story mode and doing everything I can do in that first playthrough. Primarily, I go for the uh, getting all the studs you need in the first playthrough, and then I'll play through them each again at least once more to try to get all the mini kits once you have the characters that can unlock the mini kits, and that's like how I play Lego games, and then I go through every other little area, grab everything, and I want 100% it. That's like what's fun about Lego games. There are collectathons, so collecting all the collectibles is the point. So in this game, if you don't buy extra stuff, I mean, for me, it'd be frustrating. I don't know. I, I've always enjoyed... I think the story in this one is one of the best they've ever done without being like directly tied to a movie. I think it's really fun, and I think the character interactions are good, and it, the humor's it is strong. That. It is so, all that, but tell me you don't want those mini-kits. Nah, nah, you know, I I enjoy getting characters I like, and I'll be honest, I've gotten some additional kits. Target had a really good sale. Oh my god, like did they? $5 for some of the they smaller packs. They were 74 dude, in the end. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so... You know, that, that stuff's cool, and I've gotten some just because I wanted to. And, and you know, so the story, the one story level I have played was Portal 2, and it was totally worth it because it's a very long level with a lot of narrative. So, yeah. you know, in fact, go ahead. Well, I mean, mileage may vary on that. I've heard some are much shorter or less in, exciting, but that's fine. Doctor Who is not uh, not shorter or less. It has 12 time periods or 15 time periods in different settings. It's amazing. And the Doctor Who... Uh, set, which is one of the ones I got. It's it's phenomenal because the doctor, uh, he turns into all the different doctors, including the war doctor. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's it's so varied all that you can do. Plus, you get when you get a level pack, you only get one figure, but you get two vehicles. So in his case, it's the TARDIS, which is actually pretty useful in a lot of levels, and it's the uh, his canine little canine dude. Yeah. Mm, so that's cute. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's also the simple fact that you know I haven't gotten too much. Uh, Actually, Liz, my girlfriend, and I play the game together, and she's gotten more than I have in terms of the character pack. What have you guys picked up? Uh, we've got, what have we got? Uh, a surprising amount of the Lego movie characters. We have Unikitty, uh, Benny, Emmett. Um, we got the Scooby-Doo pack, the Portal 2 level pack, and... Oh, the... the uh, Amazon had, for some reason, it had uh, Doc Brown at 234 so got that because it was like, oh, that's less than three bucks. I'll take that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, is that one fun? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The Adventure World there is pretty cool because you travel between three different time periods, um, which is fun. Much like the Doctor Who one. What made you pick up the Scooby-Doo? That's one that I want. Oh, I didn't get it. Liz did. But what made her pick it up? She likes Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. Did you pay full price on that one? Uh, I believe so. She might have price matched it. I forget. Yeah, that's tough to do though, man. I, that's the thing. I I love um, I love all all that stuff, but like I'm just like on a mission to like get all of it for like half price, you know. Yeah. Um, um and you know, to me, it's a fun platform, and really, at the end of the day, you have a collection of Legos at the end. Which I know. In and of itself is f because Legos are expensive, so even if you take out the game aspect, you're still doing pretty well on ter in terms of Lego sets. And also, uh, all the vehicles. Um, 
are that you get with the individual sets are have have two rebuilds each. So there's three versions, and rebuilding them. I mean, again, mileage may vary, and in my experience, the first build is always the best, or at least in the ones that I've done, I have almost so far I have not found a build I liked better than the original build. Um, but I, like the TARDIS just gets inferior, and it's two other in- iterations. Um, the the same thing with the Batmobile, in my opinion. I like the Scorpion one, but I much prefer the Scorpion-looking Batmobile that's actually in the game rather than the one you build. You know. Yeah, I um, well, I've enjoyed getting to rebuild them though. Yeah, that part's fun. awesome because it just um, extends your 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 play experience, your game, your building experience. And I'm on a huge Lego kick anyway, so and this this sort of triggered it, but other things did too. And so I've actually picked up a couple Lego sets recently. I've been playing those. So boy, this game is really good at getting you to spend money on lego shit <laughs> yeah and on top of that they they are doing some cool things like i think uh the the story packs that are going to be coming with year two of ghostbusters oh, God, and, yes. and uh i'm gonna pick both fantastic beasts up. i'll be picking both of those up no question yeah i mean it's six levels so it's about the length of what the movies used to be in terms of how movies were broken down back in the old days of legos uh, so that's exciting and it'll be fun and there's a bunch of cool new franchises that'll, you know, who knows, I think maybe the year two, hopefully the year two Adventure Worlds will be a little more robust. Plus there's Versus Worlds now, which are going to be interesting. I don't know how that's going to work. Arena boat modes or whatever. Yeah. It's going to, so, it's just getting better and better. Like even like, like for a first year game, it was amazingly robust and great. And now it's just going to get better. And these, and these, these like, I guess they're called, uh, not level packs, but what do they call them? Uh, story packs. Yeah. They look really sweet. I really want, um, all of them really. Um, and then there's going to be a, a Lego Batman movie one that's coming too, which looks pretty cool. They haven't really talked about that yet, but it's coming. So I'm, I'm enjoying, uh, Lego dimensions as a game i I think lego games are always fun and this uh has re-sparked some of my excitement for that the lego games in general so that's so so let's hear about that so i I know you picked up another lego game recently or at least a couple more you've been playing tell me about that well i've been i I played because it was it was downloaded for a while and i I messed around with it a little but uh I, i got back to lego jurassic world i wish i had that downloaded i really want to play that one now uh, I really enjoy that one. I think it does something that I miss, which is to be a very simple Lego game. And when I say that, I mean the levels are very simple and short, like they used to be, as opposed to these. You know, some people might find that detrimental. I get exhausted by the hour-long Lego levels that most of the games these days feel like they have. They're really long. Um, they do feel long. Like, when Traveler's Tales doesn't have a movie they're working off of, they just go for broke. And that's a good thing to a certain extent. They want to do a lot of content and put a lot in there. But at the same time, like, when levels are getting up to where they have, like, 200,000 stud counts to, to, you know, true whatever it, uh, it's exhausting. So I like that LEGO Jurassic World's levels, you know, they're, they're five levels per movie, and you can only do so much in a level, really. Uh, and, are there you know, all some four of those, movies? It's all four movies. That's awesome. And when you get to a movie like Jurassic World 3, it's a pr- or Jurassic Park 3, it's a pretty slight movie. <laughs> so yeah. you can't really stretch out the content too much. Uh, and really well, with What do you mean by slight? Not a lot not happens a lot in, in it. Jurassic Park 3. No, there's like three different areas you visit for the most part. So they, they kind of had to stretch even just to make it a game, really. <laughs> wow. Okay. Did that movie like, suck? I only saw the first two. Yeah, that one is... I think that one's universally regarded as the worst one. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, even in even in the other movies, there are some play, points where it's like, no, we need to make a level out of this, and we can't really make it... If we made it go an hour, people would riot, but it's like, the first level in dress in uh, Lost World is getting ready to go. 
It's like fixing your plane and, and setting up your supplies. Ah, that's good. But I don't mind it. I've seen some people who mind that sort of stuff where it's like you don't feel like you're doing anything that's very plot relevant. And I'm like, it's a Lego game. <laughs> Nothing you do is ever that. I mean, there are more exciting things you can do. But I think at the end of the day, if you're solving the puzzles and smashing bricks to get, you know, studs, it's doing what it needs to do. So I like that the game is a little more focused. It's fewer abilities, but they use them well. And uh, just, yeah, I, I like having levels where the stud max is 40,000 instead of, you know, 200,000. Yeah. Uh, and, then... and it does some, or, well, it, it does some interesting things in terms of, uh, it has some stealth sections where you have to hide from the dinosaurs. That's pretty cool. It has. Uh... That's starting to sound like uh, that Telltale Jurassic Park game, though. No, not, not that. <laughs> you remember that, though. Never played it. Always wanted to go. No, to No, but it. you've seen like footage of like how you're always hiding in that game. Uh, maybe you yeah, but you are. Well, you're fighting dinosaurs. Like you right. can't really do much. So, uh, so I'm enjoying it. Uh, I haven't done much of the open world stuff just because I'm I'm still in Jurassic World. Uh, Kelsey, you you played you completed that, didn't you? I did not 100 percent complete it, but I have been it, the maybe I'll go back to it and I'll enjoy it more. Um, I bought it basically when it came out, so also a lot of the guides that I were, was reading were really not the greatest mm-hmm. yeah. to get some of the stuff. But like, I don't know. The levels were good. I don't mind the levels. I like the levels. But like the open world stuff, it's kind of like there's not a good map of like where the things are. Uh. Like you have to like touch this thing, and then it like senses the area, and then it'll tell you like how many like golden bricks and stuff like that are in it. And I was like, that's it's so stupid where I, you know you, you come off of like i came out of it after i finished up lego batman 3 and that's like it tells you everything and it's very so like the simple thing in the story is great but like they didn't bring it to the outside stuff so that's when i quit because i was like this is not a fun game to 100 percent. but maybe i'll go back to, to it yeah go back to because because coming up like lego batman 3 that might be if not the is one of the biggest lego games to complete like, that thing is huge. You 100%ed that? Yes. Damn. Like, so I would imagine doing anything after that would be exhausting. Because um, I've completed LEGO games, and I just remember being... Because it's like all all of the ring planets are hubs. Yeah, but they were fun, at least. That's good. Um, I'll tell you what does do maps right, though, is LEGO Star Wars The Force Awakens, which I also uh, how, played. How far are you in it now? Uh, I'm finished. What?! Well, I didn't 100% it, but I, I got, I basically did everything. I was like, I can take this back now, or I can spend, you know, five, six more hours, like, doing all of the hub worlds. And actually, I think the hub worlds in this are pretty well balanced. Um, they tell you exactly where everything is. Um, they have a variety of gameplay things to do. And, and in fact, what's really cool about it are, are some of the innovations that it brings to the Lego model. Um, one of them being multi-builds, where instead of just you build a pile of bricks, uh, one pile of bricks can be used to build multiple things, and some of them can lead to level secrets, others can lead to bonus money, some where you'll have to rebuild it one way and do one thing, then break it down and build it another to like complete the puzzle. So those are pretty cool. Uh, it has these shootout sections, which is basically like you go into cover and like pop out and shoot at things, which are a little, you know, they're overused. You basically do it in every level, but they add a good bit of variety, and they're not too uh, taxing. Um, it's certainly not the ungodly RTS fights that were in Lego Star Wars 3. Um, so all of that is good. And honestly, like, end of the day, Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga is still my favorite Lego game. It's where the, you know, the whole series started. 
Uh, it's originated a lot of the things for the series, and I just love the aesthetic. And this game captures all of that again. Like I was, I was thinking about the fact that now you know Disney's going to be doing a movie a year. I wouldn't mind if there was a Lego game every year. There probably won't be. There'll probably be a Lego game every other year because there's DLC coming to this one. They'll probably do just Rogue One DLC for The Force Awakens. But if every other year we get a full retail Lego Star Wars game, I'd be happy. Uh, I don't know how likely that is. I'm, I'm curious because when I think about the games that have come out, they're all Disney properties. Like since Dimensions dropped, it's all Disney properties. And originally that was, I'm assuming, because they didn't want competition for Disney Infinity. Now I'm curious, Disney Infinity's canceled. If we'll see Star Wars or Marvel make their way to Lego Dimensions, or if it'll always be a case of no, no, the the Disney properties are going to be their own standalone titles. I'm curious on that. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually realize that until you said it. Yeah, I didn't until I started thinking. About it. I was like, oh yeah, there's been Lego Avengers and Lego Force Awakens. Everything else has been like the story packs that are coming later this year are all going to Dimensions instead of being standalone games like they might once have been. In fact, they once definitely would have been, like, Fantastic Beasts is exactly the sort of game that would have gotten the weird, let's make one movie a Lego game treatment before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Lego Star Wars Force Awakens is a whole lot of fun. Um, I don't mind that it takes the movie and turns it into, you know, 11 levels. Actually, it does a really good job of pacing it well, and it adds, instead of being that short, it has a 7, or 6 six or seven additional missions that are like new Star Wars stories that like fill in the backstory of The Force Awakens a little. So that's kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. Uh, so I would recommend that one. I think it's it's uh, probably my favorite Lego game I've played in the past couple of years. Since yeah. the Lego movie game, at least. That one was really good, too. Can't tell if we uh, lost or not. Okay, so we had some technical difficulties, but uh, Jordan, I think you, you said what you wanted to say about Force Awakens, right? It's awesome. Uh, I did want to know, is it your favorite uh, I know you said it wasn't your favorite of uh, you like Lego Star Wars a complete saga the best, but is this like the next best? Probably. I just like the theme. I mean, I the end of the day, like the most fun I've had with a Lego game is still the complete saga. Then this and the Lego movie game would probably be my other two. Really? Lego movie game? Um, yeah, it was concise and fun. I just really enjoyed that title. Wow, I never played that one. That's why I'm excited. Oh, you no, no, that one's good. I played it. It's is really it, good. Is it really? And it's really easy to 100% too. Like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't seem like a chore to do it. It's fun to do it, I should say, probably. Oh, dude, I gotta play that one. That one costs like $5, too. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> cheap. It's like always on sale, too. Oh, that's awesome. All right, cool. I, I have something new to pick up then once uh, I run out of Dimensions content. By the way, did you finish Dimensions, Jordan? Not yet, no. Where are you guys? How, how far from the end, do you know? I think we got like two or three levels left. Because of how big and, and epic all those levels are, it's a pretty huge game. You get a lot for your money with that game. You do. That's that's very cool. All right, awesome. Well, um, let's uh, let's move on, Kelsey. Uh, you let's see if I had uh, Kelsey. You're up next, so why don't you talk about uh, your other game, and then or maybe if you have a couple, just say them quickly, and then your last game, and then I have one more to talk about briefly too, and then we'll. we'll and then Jordan, is that all that you had, Jordan? Oh, that's it for me. I'm done, yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, Kelsey, go ahead. Well, just briefly, more Binding of Isaac, of course, doing a deep dive, trying to 100%, or uh, technically it's 1,001% it. And then Hearthstone, the last wing of One Night in Karazhan, came out on the first, so finished that up. It was a fun, it was overall a very fun, enjoyable wing. It had a lot of humor in it, and I enjoyed it because I like Karazhan, so. How many wings are there, two or more? No, there's one. Five? Oh wow, that's a lot of wings. You have to pay each one individually. 
You can buy them all for 20 bucks, I think it was. And each one's what, 5 or 10? Uh, each one, I think, is actually 7, so you save money buying them all. Yeah, you do. That's cool. Uh, was any of it as good as the chest part? I think, was that in the first wing? It was in the first wing. Um, no, my favorite part was the opera event, which was week two. Um, so nothing really eclipsed week two, just because it's the opera event, and that was my favorite part of Karazhan. So, but like awesome. the, the Nether Spite fight was a lot of fun because you had to work with portals. Like he had portals, and when the beams were on him, he either took one day. Da- he could take like at the beginning of the thing, he took one damage, and he also had Wind Fury, which means he attacks twice. Uh-huh. So like you had to block the beams with characters so that he didn't get those things, but then your characters got it. So that was fun. Yeah, it added a whole like a new thing too. The way you played it. But no, week two is my favorite week by far because of the the opera event. Um, And now I'm just going through it on heroic mode to get the card back. But yeah, no, overall, lots of fun. Nice. The the card back? Yes. Just to have the back of your cards look different, you got to finish heroic, huh? Yes. Okay. All right. Sounds like it's (laughs) worth it. It's a lot of fun. I don't know. It brings a, it brings a really nice challenge to it, I think. So, and it's like one of those like kind of feats of strength, I guess, sort of deal. Like it's like I beat it on heroic. I don't know. Awesome. So, awesome. Very. It's cool. just something to look cool. Um, or say that I have no life. But anyways, my last game that I guess I'll talk in depth about a little bit is the free game um, for the beginning of September, which is Earthlock: Festival of Magic. So glad you're playing this because I really want to hear about it. It is a lot of fun. So it's an RPG. Um, and it's really cool. It, you start off as, like, uh, there's two different factions. I haven't really gotten too, too, too much into the story, so I don't really understand what's going on. But there's, like, the wave soldiers, and then there's, like, you play as, like, this... He's kind of like Rey from Star Wars. Like, he's, like, a desert scavenger. Mm-hmm. And you play as him mainly. But it's, like, it's a, it's an RPG. You, you go around, it's turn-based, and, um... They, it, it, the combat does work really well. It's very, you know, anything like Final Fantasy, stuff like that. And um, the, the way they kind of differ it is that you have this, like, hub world <laughs> where, so, like, you have ammo that you use, and you actually have a garden to grow your ammo. <laughs> and so, like, a lot, like, some of your time is spent gardening because you have to grow your things so that you can make your ammo so that you can go use your guns. And I like any game with a garden in it, so I'm having fun growing all my plants and, like, making new, better ammo and stuff like that. And every time you kill a boss, you get, like, a new seed, and so I get really excited because, like, I get to plant this seed. Mm-hmm. And, like, gardening's really cool, too, because, like, as you uh, pick the fruits, that's what they're called, off of the, the, the plant, it levels up. And then once it gets to level three, so each time it levels up, it just gives you more of the fruit. But once it gets to level three, it can mutate, and then it gives you the next stage. So, like, you'll have, like, a minor, like, spine plant. And then the next thing you get is, like, a spine plant. And then, so then that's a whole new, like, thing, which opens up more ammo and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. It's really cool crafting. You can also craft your own, um, they call them talents. But basically, uh, it's the way that you, like... You don't get gear, but the way you, like, level up your character is you have this grid. And each grid either is, like, a talent, an attribute, or a perk. So, like, blue is um, attribute. Red is talent. No, red is perk. Yellow is talent. And so talents are, like, new spells that you have. Red are, like, perks. Like, I have one called Ammo Master, and it means that all of my... Attacks that use ammo do 25% more damage. And then blue are just like, I have more strength, makes physical attacks do more magic, 
magical text anymore. And as you go along, you have to hit. So it's kind of like you like like play connect the dots. So each talent or whatever has to connect to another talent that connects to your portrait, so that it's active. And then as you keep going down, you like unlock new abilities for your character and stuff like that. So it's all about like trying to path the the shortest and best way to your different ones. And you know sometimes you get kind of stymied because you need like uh, a perk plaque, I guess I'll call them, but you don't have one yet, so you're kind of like grinding for materials and stuff like that. It's a very grindy game, though. Like, mm. if you, like, it, which kind of does suck, because, like, there's the Gob King boss battle that I fought. Like, I died seven times, I think, before I finally mm. got to the, the level where I could kind of do it. I barely even did it, too. So it's a very grindy game. Like, you have to grind levels. But it's still, it's fun. It, you know, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, it, it. There's no real quest log though, so like, make sure you know at all times what you're doing. Like, I, like I'm just like I was sitting here and I'm just like, I haven't played in a day and I'm just kind of like, what even was I doing? And because like when you go back and do it, it doesn't really tell you. You're just kind of like, you're in a place and you were doing something, and I don't know. So that part kind of sucks about it, but I still think it's worth it. I mean, it's free, and so free game. Might as well just try it out. If you like RPGs, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a beautiful game. It's so pretty. I love it to death. Like, I love the aesthetic of it to death. And I, I think the combat's still a lot of fun. And it's all about, like, you know, using your different ammo types or uh, spells to weaken your enemies and stuff like that. And how, also you, you get to play as a dog. How so. far in it are you? Not very. I'm, like, at the second main story mission, I guess and, I'd call and it. And how is the uh, story itself? Um, it, I don't is it really, light? is it not that, in, is it not that involved or I can't, I couldn't even tell you because like the story yeah. right now is basically like you're playing as Amon and like Amon found this disc. It's like, it's literally the first thing. So it's not really a spoiler. Like it's the first thing you do, you find a disc and then these, these people come and you don't know who they are. And they're like, we want that disc. And then ah! they, <laughs> and you're just kind of like, you can't have this disc. And they're like, we'll kidnap your uncle. And you're just like, what? why are you so connected to the disc? No, because because you're a you're a scavenger, so you're trying to take it to sell it. But then when you go ah. to sell it, a hog bunny comes up and is all like, "Hey, the great owl can tell you what's on that." And Ammon is all like, "Screw money, I want to know what's on this disc." <laughs> and you're I'm just like, "That doesn't make sense." But okay, so that's what's driving the story at this point. And it's mainly like, and then you get like a new character, and that character is like, "I'm missing someone," and you're like, "Okay, I guess we'll go find that person." And then like, then you go on and get your and, and build up your party and build up your party. Yeah, and it's. Th- Parties do have bonds as well, which is uh, something I didn't talk about. But, like, as your party fights together, it's very much like Fire Emblem. They, like, get levels. And as the, and so they give them perks and stuff like that. And also, it once you get bonds, you start getting super levels. Supers. So, like, the more you combat with that person, you get, like, this special attack that you can do, which is usually an AoE attack or an AoE heal or something like that. Okay. So that's kind of cool. And each pair has different attributes, so you you're, you want to level up all your pairs because it also unlocks talent points to do it. So that's cool. But I don't know. The story isn't there yet. I don't want to say that it's not there because I've not played that much of it. Because, like I said, it's a lot of grinding. And a lot of, so... 
Interesting. I don't know. It's it's just it's very hard for me to get involved in a game unless I know that the story is like magically good, especially an RPG. So it has to have like an amazing story. So I'll be interested to hear what you say. But I'm I, I got to hand it to you for being able to dive into that, like and invest a lot of time in something that you know it could end up just being like, yep, uh, they get the disc back and then you get it back from them again and then like you fight a boss and that's the end. You know that could be the story. You know. No, that could be. And I mean, yeah, and. I mean, the, like, the boss battles aren't revolutionary. Like, if anything, the Gob King battle felt really cheap. Like, it was kind of, like, unfair, because mm. you literally couldn't use a character at one point, because, like, he had a counter thing, and every time he countered her, because she used a physical attack, so she yeah. actually smacked him. So he would counter her, and then, like, basically one-shot her. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't fun. But, like, overall, it's a pretty game. It was, like, something that I was interested in, and I was, like, I'm going to give it some time because I feel like it's unfair to say it's not good Yeah. at this point. But I would give it a shot and, like, you know, but... Uh, it may be just the thing for certain people. No, it may be. And I, I feel like if you don't mind grinding out levels and stuff like that and whatnot, then you will enjoy the game. But, like, if you're, like, do not play this game if you don't like to, like, grind levels. Like, if you're the kind of person who goes through an area and, like, those are the levels you get and you think you should be the boss, don't play this game. I see. <laughs> it's yeah. not the game for you. Yeah. <laughs> you will do that area, like, three, four times before you finally get a high enough level to, you know, kill the boss. At least that was my experience for, the, for two of the bosses, so... I'm going to say that it's probably going to keep going like that. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So. Well, I'd like to hear your updated thoughts next time. And uh, it sounds like, uh, I don't know, it sounds like it's worth playing, uh, especially it's free. So you know, it's free. So, I mean, time on your hands, definitely play it, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I always say, like, for the most part, like, give them a sh- give it a shot. Like, give free games a shot because they're free. And if you don't like it, then whatever. You didn't pay money for it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to. Just I'm gonna... like Ben Hur. <laughs> right, right. Why not play Ben Hur? Well, I'm actually uh, I'm going to push uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, as another one I've been playing uh, to next week and, and sort of tell the story of how I, how I started playing a GameCube game and where I got that game and all that stuff um, because it's a fun story. But we have so much still to talk about about our games previous, so I'll push that to next week. Jordan, will you be in charge of reminding me? <laughs> to yeah, talk? yeah, yeah. Okay. Here, I'm going to make a note in my thing. But, oh, yeah. awesome, awesome, cool, yeah, remind me, that would be cool. Uh, anyway, uh, on that note, let's move into the uh, the main event uh, and talk about uh, our fall preview. So this is an idea that I had. I really wanted to uh, look forward and get excited. There's nothing better than, than listening to a podcast, in my case, other people's podcasts, and hearing about all the great games that are coming out and how which ones people are excited about. Like Jordan said, we've done it a couple times, and we're going to do it again. Although I'm a little Thanks. worried about the lack of enthusiasm on your part, Jordan. Well, I think it's gonna. Be, I think if you go back three or four years now, God, it's been a while. You'll find that episode of me and we did this, and me and Tim were just eh, cautious optimism maybe the whole time, and that was that. That's where I'm feeling about this fall. At best, cautious optimism. All right, all right. Where's the where's the uh, the the faith, man, in your fellow well, not your fellow game developers, but in the game development community to bring us great experiences? I don't know. I'm excited about a lot of stuff, but uh, I think you'll, you guys will hear that as we as we go on. Kelsey, are you feeling positive about this uh, holiday season? Um, I mean, I'm like in between you two, I guess. I'm not yeah. like yeah, gung. There's so many sequels. Like, there's only one game on my list that's not a sequel. Mm-hmm. And there so I'm kind of just like, eh, like I want to play the sequel to that game, but it's not like I'm crazy about it, but I feel like I should talk about it. 
You know? Yeah, I do know. Believe me, I know. All right, well, yeah. let's let's start. Let's talk about one of those, and this actually isn't even a sequel, but uh, we're starting with September. So let's kick off with Bioshock Collection. Uh, I know you're picking it up, Kelsey. So why are you picking it up? Because it has been forever since I played the original Bioshock. And oh, I, it's so good. It is so good. And also, I've never played the DLC for any of them. So, And it comes with all the DLC, so I can finally do that. I'm really excited. What I'm, I'm really, really excited. excited for. I mean, I never... Minerva's Den is supposed to be a masterpiece. It is. Yeah. It's a so. good, like, five, four to four to six hour, like, masterpiece uh, with, with a great twist and a great story. And it's really... From the gone, future Gone Home developers. That's true. That's very, very true. Uh, they, they did that, and then they moved on to Gone Home, and now whatever they're working on. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really cool. I have never – I've played only the first part of the first Burial at Sea. I never even played the second one, which takes place in Rapture. Huge spoilers. Um, and so I'm really excited to play that. Um, if you couldn't tell from Burial at Sea that it was going to have something to do with going underwater, though, then uh, uh, I don't know. what I, don't, I, don't, I got nothing for you. But – um, I'm really excited to play those games again without the lofty expectations. Bioshock 1 is one of my favorite three games of all time. It may even be number one. I like it that much. Um, and, uh, I mean, that excludes things like Mario's that I played when I was eight, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as far as modern gaming, I would say definitely it's, it's, it's number one or two on the list, uh, for me. Um, and, uh, and so I love that. Bioshock 2, I liked. Of course, it's gonna be a letdown after that first one. Um, and, you know, playing as a big daddy, I didn't love that idea, but it's still a really, really fun game. Uh, and then, you know, Infinite is probably a whole lot better without the expectations attached. So I'm excited to play all that stuff again. Yeah, no, that's how I feel. I, I, I'm wondering if I'm going to enjoy Infinite more my second playthrough of it. Yeah. I feel like else, a, I have priority. <laughs> I feel like it's a distinct probability. I mean, there's no expectation whatsoever at this point. Although playing it back to back with the other two is a questionable venture, maybe who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Are you going to pick it up, Jordan? Potentially, I don't know. I mean, there are not a lot of games I'm super excited for, and I will say that uh, this one is something I would like to play. I do like Bioshock, and I wouldn't mind replaying those games, but uh, not not immediately, probably. Okay. Uh, on that note, here's one that I think we're all at least somewhat interested in, and that is ReCore. That comes out September 13th. Uh, this is from Armature Games. They did Blackgate. They also did a game called Dark Star earlier this year, which is kind of a uh, a mashup between a uh, like a twin stick shooter and those games that you play, uh, Dota, whatever you call those. Oh, the MOBAs? Yeah, it's like a MOBA slash twin stick shooter, if you can imagine it. So that was their, those are their biggest two claims to fame at this point. But the leader of Armature Studios is the guy who was, in, who was the creative director for Metroid Prime 1 through 3. So there's that. And this game is like a third-person, over-the-shoulder action-adventure game. There aren't a lot of those lately, so I'm pretty pumped for this one. Oh, no, I am too. I'm excited to have all those cute little animals that I can put cores in. <laughs> it's only 40 bucks too. Yeah, no, I saw that. I was like, oh, it's not even like full retail game price. So I was wondering if that means it's going to be yeah, short. Yeah, that's what everybody wonders. You're not alone in that. And I read an article. I actually looked it up. I was like, why is this game for thirty nine ninety nine? There's a whole article on one of those sites. It's like, why is Recore only for thirty nine ninety nine? And what does this say about the game and its overall quality? And it was like a lot of people assume that this game will be shorter. And the, the director guy from Metroid Prime said, yeah, he goes, I'm really bad. This is his little like way of couching it. He goes, I'm really bad at estimating the lengths of games. I thought Metroid Prime original was going to be eight hours, and it took most people like 23. So who knows what I think? But oh 
That's what he said. He said, but between uh, where between eight and eight and twelve should be about how long it takes. So it's going to be on the shorter side, but it's going to be really fun. I hope it's just if it's eight to twelve hours of really dense, packed, fun action, I'm in. Same gate, same day titles. Which are you going to pick up first, that or Bioshock? Kelsey. Oh, Bioshock. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say that. I hate to say that, that quickly, but like I'm really, I've not played the original Bioshock since like a year after it came out. So it's like so, eight years ago. Yes, wait, yeah, years. me too. I, I played it when it came out. That's that's almost that is a decade ago at this point. That's, that's true. Crazy. And Ken Levine is, yeah, not really done anything anywhere near as good since. But um, I mean, not who you ask. In fair, to some people love Infinite. Yeah, I know, I know. That's this is I'm asking me. <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Is that a sixty or a forty? Let's see. Really? Oh, that's sixty bucks. For the collection? Yeah, that's yeah. a $60 game. Are you still there, Jordan? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, Prey. I wonder when Prey is coming out. I really want to play Prey. I think that's next year, though. I'm pretty sure it is. I love the first Prey. All right. Um, okay, back to the list. Uh, moving on in September, we have Dragon Quest Seven for 3DS. I really want to play this. That comes out September 16th. You guys excited about that at all? Uh, you especially, Jordan? Nah. No? No Dragon Quest love, huh? I'm not. I, I don't like that. West. Nine was don't. phenomenal. Did you play Nine at all? Nope. Oh, dude, Sentinels of the Starry Sky represents. But this game is just a really interesting game, and they've done a lot to like update it for the modern era, so it's not as like grindy and annoying as the PS1 era one was. This is one of those games that came out late in the PS1 era, so that it is, uh, it like nobody played it back then. Japan did, of course, it's Dragon Quest. But in the U.S., like, I don't even know if did it come out here. I think it did. Anyway, uh, it got overshadowed for, for sure. Uh, and then on the 20th, we have Destiny Rise of Iron, um, which for me is a really big deal. I don't think I'll play it day and date when it comes out, but I am going to get back into Destiny sometimes before, sometime before the year is over. Uh, currently, I don't have my PS4. Uh, I may actually be getting a pro at some point, so I may not play this till November, but then I'll feel like I'm really behind, so I don't know what I'm going to do about it. But I love Destiny. If you remember from previous uh, conversations, Destiny used to be like all I played for like, I don't know, this this time last year when Taken King came out, all I played was Taken King for like three months. So yeah, there's that. Destiny was your wow. It was, and it is, and for, for, for very similar reasons, you know? Um, mm-hmm. it, camaraderie and making friends on there and raiding every night and all that stuff. Um, Alliance 2 is the closest I've come to a WoW or Destiny experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's, it's similar. It is similar. I hear people compare it. So it is definitely not dissimilar. I hear, you know, I, you know what I heard it compared to? Another game that I've actually looked into a little bit. Um, not Overwatch, but um, what's that game? It's free. It's on Xbox and a lot of other consoles. Talking about Smite? Not Smite. Um, no, but it's similar to that. Um, it's that one that nobody plays, but that I ever heard. But it came out. It was like a free to play on PS4 and. Oh, I forget. Oh, it's EverQuest? Of... No, it's a it's a shooter. It's a, it's a oh, it's a shooter. Squad based shooter MMO type game. Oh, I have no idea. No, oh, nothing. God, what was that call? What was that game? Oh my God, this is gonna kill me. Can you look it up while I go through the list, Kelsey? It's just look up squad based or, or MMO shooter. It'll come up. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, and it's got um, it's got these. Oh, God, what is it called? It's right, it's gotta be right here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, oh no, no, no. What, what is all this nonsense? It's, it's giving me everything but what I want. Oh, there's Mag. Remember Mag? Oh mm-hmm. my God, yeah. Oh my God, Mag was this huge, like, promise that, like, just... Mag was his, like, 
like I don't know. They were talking. They were talking about the bullets too. They're like the bullets or something special. I can't even remember. So this is a free-to-play game also. Um, Warframe, thank God. Okay, there you go. Yeah, That's I was like, I don't have no idea. Warframe, oh, I just God, thought they of sell it. those tokens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Warframe is, is, is a huge deal for a lot of people. I didn't realize, but like quietly, because it didn't get great reviews when it came out, but quietly, that game has been like rolling up. And I was reading a thing on like why Warframe is the best MMO shooter on the market, and was comparing it a lot to ba- uh, Borderlands, so you're not like that far off with that comparison. Hmm. Um, are you still there, Jordan? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. All right. Um, one thing I forgot to mention in the, thir- the 13th releases is The Witness. That's coming to Xbox One. I am picking that up on the 13th, if I have money. Yeah, I think I'll have money by then. Um, uh, payday has become very important. But, yeah, The Witness, I really want to play that. Um, you've played it, Jordan. I have. It's a fun game. Cool. You can pick it up, Kelsey? Um, At some point, I would like to pick it up because it's gotten a lot of praise and hype, and I would like to check it out. So along, at some point. Along those same lines, Firewatch is coming out on the 21st. This is one that they've been like, no, we were thinking about bringing it out for Xbox. It came out on PS4 like last year or early this year. They're like, we're thinking about Cam- uh, Dos Campo or Dos Santos or whatever it's called, the company that makes it, um, mm-hmm. is said, oh, we're thinking about Xbox One in the far future. And then all of a sudden, like two days ago, they were like, bam, it's coming out on the 21st. It's one of no, those- I'm excited for this. I, I really am, too, because I, I understand there's, like, really good story in that game. So I'm excited about that. Um, we also have XCOM 2 coming out on the 27th of September. Um, that is, to consoles. It's obviously already out on PC, but now it's coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Um, you, you guys both played XCOM recently, right? Yeah, it was the free game. I don't remember how long ago. But, beyond, but beyond that, you probably won't be rocking it. Probably mm. not. No, probably not. Okay. All right, and then also Hitman. Now, here's a game I really want to get to. If time were not an issue, I would be picking up these episodic Hitmans because, man, the reviews, people are just like, a Hitman is killing it. And Part 5, Colorado, comes out on the 27th, his first U.S.-based mission. Is this a peak either of you guys interest at all? Yes. If this is the last episode, which I think it is, no, I might. One... Go ahead. Oh, is there one more? There's one I was more. going to pick it up whenever all the ep- episodes landed yeah i think it comes out like in february the, the full the full deal oh, okay no i i love hitman games and like i've heard nothing but great things about this hitman game so i i like i'm like yes <laughs> really like puzzle shooters it's really cool mm-hmm. i'm excited for this but um all righty um moving into october uh here's one i know you're excited about jordan okay mafia three. Oh yeah I, that game I'm waiting on the reviews. I'm no, no, no. I am excited about it. I will admit, I'm more excited than I thought it would be for that game. But uh, surprisingly, I, you didn't play Mafia Two. I did actually. Oh, I did you? Little, yeah, I, I sold it pretty quick. But that's a game that's at this point like mm, at least five, six years old. So yeah, uh, whatever this is, it's going to be completely different. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm holding out on the reviews. I'm hoping this will be that traditional GTA type open world game that really like gets everything gta usually does really well uh because a lot of open world games these days have to have their own hook or be their own thing completely which is fine they shouldn't all be gta clones or similar types but uh why i love sleeping dogs so much is it felt like a classic gta adventure uh and i'm hoping mafia 3 has somewhat of a feel like that that should that could be cool. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't usually love. I know you're a big mafia movie fan. I'm not the biggest. Like I, I don't know for some reason that world just doesn't super duper appeal to me. Um, I like the best in the genre, but I, I don't I don't know about being mired in that world for 40 hours of like people backstabbing each other constantly. I don't know if I want to live there. 
Uh, I, it looks interesting to me. I might pick it up. There's cool. some good stuff in the trailers, so. It does look different for sure. You know, the narrative. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it's not the tr- traditional, like, just Italian mafia stuff. No, it's not. And I, I just, I like the look of the story. There's one scene in the trailer where he's, like, threatening this old dude, and he's like, that no one will even know you did this. And he's like, yeah, they will. And then he throws the guy out of, like, a high rise wi- window out down to, like, 40 stories. And it's just like, that's a. <laughs> That's a drop the mic. That's a cool moment. moment. That's a drop the mic. So, yeah. Cool. All right. So Mafia Three starts off October on the seventh. On the seventh, I know what I will be doing, and that is playing Mario Paper Mario Color Splash. Um, I know you always like to mention Jordan that it is a lot like Sticker Star, and I hate Sticker Star, and I do. I don't hate Sticker Star. I don't hate any of the Paper Mario or Mario RP, Mario and Luigi games, but it's it's one of my least favorite. I don't love the sticker mechanic because I'm a hoarder when it comes to good items in games. Like, give me abilities that I can just use with refilling NP all day, and I'm cool with that. But, like, in all these games, I always hoard stuff. And so you get these really badass stickers in those games, and it's like I never use them because I'm like, I'm going to save it. I'm going to use it for when I really need it, and then I never end up needing it. So that what ends up happening is I don't do any of the cool shit in those games. So what I'm hoping is that this time I get better about that and stop hoarding good items, and hopefully I think to enjoy that game I'm going to need to. But a lot of the stuff that's come out recently about things, basically it's like a mix because it's the HD console for the first time. It's like a mix between like real-world items that look really high-def and high-res mixed in with the cartoony paper stuff, and they're called things. So there'll be like a big lemon that looks just like a real lemon, like sticking in the world, and you'll like drop lemon juice on Goombas and shit. So it seems like it's going to be really cool. Uh, I'm excited for it, and it's really going to be the last Wii U game ever, except for Breath of the Wild. So, I, I it's, it's my entertainment. I'm looking at the list, and I'm like, I love that on the fourth there is Rocksmith 2014 Edition Remastered. Oh. That title is that's, 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 makes it sound timely. Wait, it's the 2014 Edition Remastered? Yeah, that is the title. Yes. Doesn't everyone go back to 2014? Well, I kind of. <laughs> It was a simpler time. It was a simpler time in 2014, oh. two years ago. Oh, I cannot believe that game. So when I was I was working at Ubisoft and they were working on Rocksmith, so I got to visit the studio a couple times. And, like, they were so excited about that game, and that game just did nothing. It was such a bomb. Now I think they're just trying to wring any money they can possibly wring out of it, out of it. I mean, you no still... power to them. Yeah. Anyway, moving forward. Um, yeah, moving forward, uh, we have Gears 4. Yeah. Now, this is one of the two games I was legitimately 100% excited about. And I don't even know why. This is this is still a cautious optimism game because yeah. uh, it's a new developer. It's uh I don't know. I know <laughs> there's always this 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 layer of like fan fickiness when you get to like a new developer creating the kids of original <laughs> characters. Not that and there's nothing wrong with You're fan right fiction. About a lot that. of people love fan fiction, but it just there's there's an element to it. Just the fact that Gears Gears as a trilogy actually is pretty complete. Like it tells a complete story. Yeah, it really there's, does. Right uh, down right down to the tragedy elements. Yeah, oh, so yeah, no, and it, it has an end too. So I'm like, really, I'm so confused. I mean, they've explained like how they're doing it, but I'm like, it, I can't wait to see how they do it. Yeah. Now, Gears Gears of War three honestly was, I think, if if we were to sit here and rank it, uh, top three co op experiences Kelsey and I have had. Oh, definitely. So I'm super excited to do that again. Um, I just hope the game is good. You know. Yeah. No. Same here. Have you I, seen those seriously 4.0 requirements? Yeah, I, not that I ever do those, but like, what they get, 
It's like oh, I know what you're talking about. The you're definitive, about the like really this, hard yeah. things that you have to do, and like they just get more ludicrous every time. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm never doing this. This time it's something along the lines of uh, complete mastery of every single gameplay mode across everything is basically what it boils down to. Because you have to do things in horde mode, in multiplayer, in single player. It's insanity. It's like, be unto God in Gears of War. <laughs> they should have that be like 10 points up, so you could get like 1,010. Oh no, I remember one of them. You have to prestige 10 times. No, <laughs> see? No. I hate prestiging, and no. Prestiging is like, all that work you did, zero it out. Okay. No, but you get a cool skin for it, though. It's like, look at my blue leopard gun. (laughs) The only time I've legitimately prestiged was in uh, Halo 4's multiplayer, because I played the shit out of that. Did you really? Yeah. I prestiged twice in Titanfall, but that was about it. Damn, I didn't know you played that much Titanfall. I was really good at the multiplayer. Really? (laughs) So I played because I was good. (laughs) That's That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's get there then. Um, you guys are excited about Gears? Definitely. I am too. I want to play it. I'm not as excited as you guys, but I'm definitely into it. Uh, one game I really was a little bit disappointed with this year, and we'll get to it when we get to uh, our game of the year, which we will definitely do this year and we will love doing. I can't wait. Um, is uh, is Tomb Raider. Um, Tomb Raider obviously came out last year for Xbox One, but it had a, a, like a timed exclusivity, so it's coming out for PS4 this year. But the PS4 version is, like, way more full feature complete. And it has a Gone Home-esque Exploring Croft Manor uh, mode. What? Yeah. (laughs) No, that sounds amazing. Shut up. I need to buy a PS4 now. (laughs) It is an amazing mode that people are saying is, like, really great. You walk through the mansion manor and you just, like, discover the secrets of, of the Croft family going back centuries. And it's, like, got secret rooms and hidden areas and... All kinds of cool shit. It's going to be really cool. Maybe it'll come out as DLC later for the Xbox One version. I doubt it. They may come out with the definitive Xbox One version. They do that sometimes. I mean, it's the 20-year celebration. I would hope it would come out to the... It's not... It's like, I don't even... I. Oh, my gosh, no. Yeah. Listen, Tomb Raider 2, that was, like, my favorite part, was exploring Croft Manor and doing the, like, obstacle course and, like, keep putting your oh. butler in that ice box because he was creepy and shuffled around pathology everywhere. Ah, so well, there's, <laughs> there's more of that stuff. There's more in this game, too. There's other modes that look really cool, like survival modes and wave-killing modes. and all. I mean, it's just a huge, very feature-complete package. It looks really cool. I wish that was the one I'd played instead of the one they released, but um, anyway, it would have been a little more compelling of a package. Um, and that kind of brings us to PSVR, which comes out October 13th. And I mentioned earlier some of the games that are coming to PSVR. There's a lot more also. Killing Floor is coming for and some other things um but the thing about psvr um and tomb raider is that the croft manor i know that you know that would be an 800 dollars investment for people that don't have a ps4 but if you do have a ps4 and psvr and tomb raider 20th edition you can explore croft manor in vr mode and actually experience it as if you're walking through it so i have to sell a kidney is what's being said basically or a Kel- kelsey your plasma. eggs that's where the money is <laughs> a shit ton of plasma I just need to start hoarding away things. That sounds, listen, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's the dumbest reason to get into VR, though. <laughs> when that sounds pretty cool. It is pretty cool. There's a lot of cool stuff. I want to play, for me, it's Batman, a Telltale game experience. Not Telltale. Uh, the Batman uh, VR experience. Yeah. I mean, that to me is like, I don't care if it's two hours. I want to be a detective. It's like all about detecting. And, and, like, wearing the bat suit and, like, really feeling like you're him. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I want to do that. Like, can I borrow someone's VR set for, like, two hours? <laughs> no, I know, right? No, like, that does sound cool. When I saw that at E3, I was like, 
Well, damn. Yeah, there's a lot of VR stuff we're going to... Eventually, I'm going to have to have one. I'd say mid-next year I'll have one, but I certainly don't have the, the means to pick one up right now or the justification as far as killer apps, so we'll see. Uh, speaking of Batman, Return to Arkham on the 18th. Yeah. Uh, I think we all said we're excited for this. I mean, yeah, yeah no, I am. I'm going to play it, right? I I don't really need... I mean, look, I've played Ar- Arkham Asylum three times. What's a fourth? I'd, I'd love to play it again, yeah, and Arkham City's there too, I guess. Yeah, it'll be fun, I mean, especially because they're redoing it, I'd love to play it and, like, have it feel slightly different. That'll be good. Yeah. Remaking it in the in the Unreal 4 or whatever it is. Um, and then that brings us to one that I hope, I'm hoping, that your guys' enthusiasm goes up to, like, 6 on this one, at least. And that is Battlefield 1 on the 21st. No, this is one of the games that I am legitimately excited about. I don't know about Jordan, but I am legitimately excited no. about this game. No, this is one I'm excited for. Okay. Uh, I really hope it's good. No, we, we talked about it before because we were I more know. excited for this than Infinite Warfare. I know. Yeah. Well, I mentioned it. I'm hoping there's some, 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 some joy of gaming here. No, it's it's uh, a time period that, like, no game really covers. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, it's a, another reason that I hope the Wonder Woman movie is good because it's set in World War One. Yeah. Um, also, it's another... Is it co-op at all? I know so many shooters are taking that out these I days. I don't think so. I don't think I don't, so. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's co-op or not, but, I mean, like, eh, if it isn't, then, I mean, It'll we'll still always be have party. zombies. Well, oh, yeah, well, that's that, later. That's in November. Yeah, that is. Uh-oh. Well, that was, no, that's a, that's a turn, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, Last Guardian, obviously that doesn't apply to us right now because it's an ex- it's a PS4 game. However, I, I, I still don't believe it's coming out. I don't believe it. I do not believe that that game will ever materialize. I just don't. Uh, when it comes out and it's on store shelves, I'm going to pick up the box. Well, you can't pick up the box. There's dummy boxes. But I'm going to like watch somebody's Let's Play just to believe it exists. Well, you know, uh, see, this is where we're talking about so many games, and I'm looking at the list. It's like, we need to get Tim McNeil, former co-host, back on for the Game of the Year show this year because he's been talking several times all year about how this is the year of Tim in terms of games. Yeah. So, got to get him on cuz I'm seeing here, we mentioned it earlier, uh you know, we got Last Guardian. Uh there was another one earlier that I know he's excited about. There's of course uh Civ 6 is oh, coming X-Com out. Oh, XCOM 2. XCOM 2, that was it. Yeah, Civilization 6. Uh and that's just a few. He's had a bunch all year, so it hopefully is the year we can get of him Tim. back. Oh, we will definitely get him back. He's he said he's willing to come on. It's just a matter of getting everything figured out, and I'm sure when we're, now that we're skyping, it won't be too difficult. Although I'd love to do it in the flesh, but wow, everything I say sounds bad. All right. Anyway, okay, uh, here's one I know you guys are pumped about also, at least Kelsey is, uh, I don't know about you, Jordan, uh, Titanfall 2, I'm really pumped because it's got a story. I am, well, I don't know if I'm pumped, but like, everything that I've heard about it makes me much more interested in playing it, and if it all translates well into actual gameplay, then no, I I will definitely pick this up. I will wait for reviews, though, because I don't want to spend money on a game that's like... The, and if they just kind of threw things together, but Cosh- yeah, cautiously cautious. optimistic. Yes. That's me too. That's basically I, how I am on it. I hope they made Titans fun, <laughs> or at least more fun. I, that should be the focus. Uh, but if they make the fun little parkour guy fun, even more fun, that's fine too. I guess it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Here's here's one that is October, but doesn't have a date yet. Friday the Thirteenth, the game. What? Yeah, uh, you play uh, as a as Jason, and you murder 
teenagers. That sounds like, like the way that game should be made. I mean, instead of playing a murder victim, you play the murderer. Well, apparently it's very, um, it's supposed to be very Dead by Daylight. I don't know if you heard about that game, but that? it's the asymmetrical um, multiplayer game where one person plays as a serial killer and then four people play as survivors. And the serial killer, of course, tries trying to kill the four people. But the four people have to, like, turn on generators to create power to escape. And so... Well, that sounds I, fun. Yeah, and the people are so people were liking likening it to that, except for that not the Dead by Daylight community isn't as excited because like the the really cool thing about Dead by Daylight is I think there's now four different serial killers that bring different um, aspects to it. Like there's like this like nurse and she's like a blink ability, and then there's like the hillbilly and he has a chainsaw, and then there's the trapper who uses bear traps. And oh my god, that sounds fun! The specter who I don't know what he does. So Friday the Thirteenth is coming out for for Xbox, uh, Windows, PS4, and Xbox One. Yes. Wow, interesting. Is it going to be? So you're saying it is going to be this a- asynchronous multiplayer? That's what I've heard. I don't know because I haven't looked it up and there wasn't a lot of information on it. Um, I can look it up and see if there is more information on it if you want to keep going. Oh, no, that's cool. If you get back to it later, though, let me know. Um, speaking of which, uh, a, a, another re-release. There's lots of re-releases on here. Skyrim Special Edition. It's going to take a lot for me to start from the beginning on that game, though. Zero chance of me ever touching that. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Kelsey? I'm sorry, what was the game? Skyrim. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. All right. We can move on to November. So November and December are slimmer months. Uh, September, October are the big ones. So we're down to the the uh, final run here. Although some of the best games are in this month in November um, for all of us. Uh, so Infinite Warfare and Modern Warfare. Now, these are games that you guys were like, don't want to play it, not interested in all, probably not going to play it about four or five months ago. And now I'm hearing about Zombies Mode. I know you guys like co-op, but you got to buy the sixty dollars game to play Zombies Mode, and that means you got to. <laughs> We did it last was amazing, year. though, and That's yes, we did do it last year, exactly and it just so what happened we did last year. to fluke out that the story was good. Uh, yeah, no. Um, that is not what happened. I remember what happened, man. I remember exactly what happened. What happened was that game came out, and it had amazing talk about how great the campaign was and how awesome of a co-op campaign it had. No, it wasn't the campaign. You are wrong. We were All only right. excited about zombies. I mean, the campaign was good. You can rem- the re- I'm not saying that's not what the review said, but that is not what we gave a shit about. Really? Even going in? Kelsey? No, literally, Jordan sent me the YouTube video of um, whatever it's called, Sh- Shadows of whatever. I can't remember what it's called now. Anyways, of that, I was like, holy crap, I'm buying this game so we can play this. And then we played Zombies, and we're like, we should probably play the single player or whatever, the campaign. And we're like, holy shit, this is actually really good. I didn't know that story. I'm glad I got a retcon on that. I really didn't know that. That's no, we spent, like, the day it came out, We it was about seven hours of Zombies, and we were like... Maybe we should try the campaign. <laughs> you know, that is literally how it went down. Like, that is the only reason. And that's probably the only one. Jordan, again, sent me a video. It was like, holy crap, look at the zombies mode. And I was like, we need to buy that. <laughs> I remember because you were like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it. to want that. To want what? To in, in, uh, <laughs> infinite warfare. warfare. Oh, so you guys are now in on infinite fully. Because of zombies. Yeah. Because of zombies. Yes. Because it's an 80s, you, Dustin Hoffman's a DJ. It's like, it's very Lollipop Chainsaw. I'm really excited. All right, all right, all right. Cool. Also, so are you guys going to play Dustin Infinite Hoffman. Warfare? Because I'm telling you, Infinite Warfare is going to turn out to be stellar. I'm just letting you know. I mean, yeah. Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff's in it? Yeah, he plays a DJ, the Hoff. You said yeah. Dustin Hoffman a second. No, I said the Hoff. <laughs> no, I heard you say oh. Dustin Hoffman. Oh, I said the Hoff, sorry. 
right, well, we have it on tape, so we'll hear it when we play it back. But I bel- <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll try to believe you. Um, awesome. That's that's crazy. So also, uh, the, the Friday the Thirteenth game is an asymmetrical one v seven multiplayer game, one of which plays Jason Voorhees. The objective is for the counselors to survive the night by running away. That sounds awesome. So there you go. That sounds awesome. Thank you for the update. Um, are you guys at all excited about Modern Warfare Four update? Um, don't you have to? What do you have to do to get it? You pre-order, I think. Okay. I think you pre-order. Um, I still own it on the 360. <laughs> so, so, see, you do like Call of Duty campaigns. No, I never said I didn't. I didn't say you said you didn't. I'm just saying that, like, see, remember the love you once had. No, I do. No, I listen. You, I will gladly point you to my article I have on the Joy of Game where Call of Duty Black Ops Three made the list. <laughs> I remember. Is number four. I remember this. I saw the article. Yeah, I mean, the campaigns have, you know, their ups and downs to the campaigns, but, you know, they're they're not selling. They've never been a selling point to me on Call of Duty, uh, outside of Call of Duty 2 way back when. Call of Duty 2 was awesome. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, Well, no, I think, well, anyway, let's move on. Um, So there's two big sequels coming on, the 11th and the 13th. Um, and both of them I'm very excited about, uh, Dishonored 2 and Watch Dogs 2. Uh, I want to play both. How about you guys? Uh, cautiously optimistic about Watch Dogs 2. I don't care about Dishonored. I, I played the first one. It didn't really grab me. I, I've wanted to go back to it, uh, but I think I you'd would like want... it a lot better the second time. I had the same experience, and, I, and I'm, I've went back to it and played more, and I, I still haven't finished it, but it's it's actually an incredibly good game. Harvey Smith represents as a developer. Watched a, watched a speedrunner play Dishonored during uh, Summer Games <laughs> Done Quick, so that kind of made me want to play it. And it's actually pretty affordable on the one. Yeah. Yeah, the, so. the, the Definitive Edition, yeah. Looks really good. Uh, Watch Dogs 2, meanwhile... Dude, if it's Dogs, anything like Assassin's Creed 2... It's not gonna be, though. I, I don't think it's gonna be that big of a jump. I think it it will hopefully... You know what? If it has a good story, that was the big problem with Watch Dogs. Is, it was. And a bad main character. The main character was dull as, 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 as dust. Nah, he had that baller, like, handkerchief thing over his face, though. He had a mysterious oh, oh, And a baseball my hat. Well, in that case... That game would have no, been a lot no. better if you'd played as uh, his uh, <laughs> girl with the dragon tattoo teammate. Oh, I know. And boy, was she Elizabeth. But um, but as long as you don't have to play as Mad Dog or whatever that guy's name was, I did not like him. T-Bone or whatever his name was. I don't even like, know. I, you say that in gaming, I just think of Three Dog. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Who's Three Dog? Is that Saints Row? No, Fallout 3. Fallout 3. Three Dog, Three Dog. The radio jockey. The oh, kid. right. Yeah, he was like, three dog. Ow! Man, it's been a long time since I've played that. All right. Uh, well, now I have a big hit for you and then a big hit for me. Uh, big hit for you, you Jordan, Sun and Moon on the 18th. Yeah, I mean, it, look, if I had to boil it down, this is the only game I'm 100% without any reservations about uh, that's coming out this fall. Pokemon... Pokemon is is gaming, you know, Nirvana in a lot of ways, and Sun and Moon, as we've discussed in several news news segments, seems to be bringing a lot of new, exciting stuff to the table, uh, and seems to maybe be putting that focus back on story that makes Black and White my favorite uh, generation of the series. So, Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, without question, I'm I'm excited for that. And uh, uh, from uh, we already heard Kelsey, you're you're excited too, but you need a 3DS, right? Oh, I'm going to buy a 3DS because of this game, so... Okay, well, there you, there you have it. Uh, for me, Final Fantasy XV, uh, I've been waiting 10 years for this game. Literally. And when you go back 
And when you go back and I saw a, a YouTuber do like a comparison, this is almost exactly the game they wanted to make. It just took 10 years. So it's not like originally I had thought that like it, it really changed from versus 13 to being 15. Like it was a totally different game. And yeah, it's been fleshed out and changed, but you're still, you were still always the same character. You were still your, your father, you know, trying to, you know, get, get from one place to another and have your, your loyal, uh, guards guard you on the way. And it was always going to be a bro story. So all that stuff was always going to be versus 13. And I think that made a little more sense as a design decision from a plot perspective back when there was also 13, which had tons of female characters and was more traditional Final Fantasy game. However, it's evolved into something that is just either going to be really, really amazing or is going to suck completely. Um, and I think the chances are 95% it's going to be really amazing. Um, the talk of it is it sounds like it's going to be a lot like 13 in that it's got big, expansive open areas like 13 did. And it's also got – but but earlier on in the game where you have that kind of freedom. And then by the end, it gets more tunnel-like when you go like finish the story. So instead of like in 13, they wanted to have a great story. So they put it – they front-end loaded it with tons of narrative focus forward. In this one, it looks like that real narrative like tunnel vision is going to come near the end of the game, which I think is a smarter decision to let people have the fun they want to have sooner and let them just like get unleashed so it's not going to have a lot of the drawbacks 13 did i think they learned a lot of lessons on how to do gaming you know in the xbox 360 slash xbox one era uh and i think they're going to take those lessons and really kill it and i think um since that demo that you didn't really get into jordan i think it's gotten a lot better uh there's been a couple demos since then um and it's the kind of game that like the mechanics for me are so complex that you really need a, a game to play them in a demos that unless you're a hardcore final fantasy game fan that plays you know 15 hours of a demo to really get it down and plays through it five times to really get it it's kind of like you know i don't know it's they're, they're, it's a little hard to get into and with all the new systems and a lot of those systems have changed twice since then so i really think this is a, like a well-honed it's going to be like a diamond by the time november 29th rolls around they even they even delayed it two more months you know like this game is like the most delayed game maybe now i think it's even more delayed than last guardian believe it or not um so i'm really excited for final fantasy 15 and i'm going to place bets now that you're going to be picking it up too jordan i i look i have not been excited about this game for years really since they rebranded it almost yeah um the most exciting thing about it to me is that they got a one of my favorite musicians to do a lot of the soundtrack numbers. So that's kind of cool. Who's that? But, uh, Florence from Florence and the Machine. All right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, I really like those tracks, but I can get a soundtrack. Look, I, I want it to be a good game. I want every big game to be a good game, but I just... Final Fantasy hasn't delivered a game I love in a long while. And I enjoyed Final Fantasy thirteen a lot, but it's not one I would go back to. And God knows they did some weird stuff with those sequels, particularly <laughs> Lightning Returns. That that game, I can't even believe how whack that game was when I saw you playing it. And that's to say that like you really did give a, give a lot of chance to, to to those two sequels. Um, I played thirteen and thirteen two. I didn't finish thirteen two. Um, both those sequels just didn't fully do it for me. They were very experimental, but I'm just hoping they take those experimental lessons they learned from that and give us a great mainline entry this time. And from all indications, it looks like they're going to. I don't know. I'm really, really excited. That Well, we'll talk about our most anticipated game at the end, but that may make my list. Also, I didn't get to say it, but Watch Dogs 2, man, I just really think they're going to nail it with that one as well. I think that having a – it just takes place in San Francisco, and it's just got this main character that's just very different and unique and, and cool, and I, I don't know. I just really think yeah. they're, they're killing it with that. Yeah. 
you're always the most optimistic, and that's a good thing. It's just I see I've been burned a lot in the past of gaming, and it's just it's hard to be as excited when so often it just doesn't pay off. Yeah, well, especially with expectations. But all right, um, well, here's a couple more. We're into December now. Did I well, miss any? Well, before before okay. December, uh, again to be announced when officially. But November does see The Walking Dead season three start. Oh, so you're into that? No, it's just worth mentioning. No, uh, it definitely is. I was just wondering if you're into it. I need, I haven't finished season two yet. So. <laughs> Where are you? Past the first yet? I'm in the second episode. Okay. Uh, December, though, starts off with a pretty big one, in, depending on your circle. Uh, Siberia 3 is coming out. Awesome. And uh, I'm a huge adventure gamer. Yes, you are. So this is a long-weighted sequel. Uh, How long? I want to say 16 years. I want to say maybe like 14, but early 2000s was Siberia 2. Oh my god, that's um. Now, that's happened a lot. The Longest Journey just had a sequel recently. Broken Sword, of course, had Broken Sword 5. So it's it's part of that revival movement. But Siberia and Siberia 2 are games that I know are like top 10 legendary, you know, god-level adventure games. But... Man, Siberia starts off so slowly. Like, it is a lot of just big... And that's part of the theme. It's about abandoned... Like, there's a lot of abandoned areas and a lot of big empty spaces. So it's part of the game, but it's such a slow starter. I just have never been able to get into it. But I really want to, um, because it's supposed to be a classic once it gets going. And I think this is coming to consoles. So I I almost wonder if Siberia 3 is going to be a bit more... well. 16 years later, it almost has to be a bit more standalone and able to be just sort of picked up. I hope Siberia it is. 2 came out in 2004. 2004. Okay, so only only, only 12, 12 years. years. Making. But I mean, they've probably been talking about this for a long time. Uh, it, it seems really cool. I'm I'm uh, I, I love these kind of games too. I just don't play as many as I wish I played. Yeah. But this looks this looks really cool. A deep look at Kate Walker's new journey. So it's going to be the same character. Um. That's that's cool. So it's microids, huh? Oh, yep. is, it, is this? Oh, and this one's B. Sobel also. What has he been doing since then? <laughs> I don't know. Developing? I guess. I guess he was just like, I gotta follow up my masterpiece with yet another. Ma- oh my god, he's really old. No, that's not him. That's an. That's a, a flight attendant from L.A. Times. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. It's a. It, yeah. Okay. Cool. Or maybe a writer. Who knows? Uh. There's no pictures of B. Sobel. Where's B. Sobel at? Man, he is like a ghost. Weird. That is really weird. Okay. Um, any other December uh, beginning before I launch into the regular list? Uh, what are you defining as the beginning of the list? All right, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, Gravity Rush. Uh, okay, oh, no, yeah, that's, that's that's literally the next game on here. So. Yeah, Gravity Rush. Actually, it says November 30th for some reason. Maybe I'm wrong about that being. It says second here, so I don't know. Okay, that was December 2nd then. Okay, so Gravity Rush. Obviously, that's something if you have a PS4, it's great to play. You love the first Gravity Rush. I never finished it. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, it was the, I think, probably the best Vita original that I. Oh, can, no uh, question. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. What else could compete? Well, I mean, yeah, as far as original titles, nothing much. Definitely not. Uh, I mean, what is there that was supposedly really good? Uh, the the Golden Abyss or whatever it's called. Uh, Maybe Danganronpa. Ooh, Danganronpa's awesome. That's true. But that is that was that no that was no that was that was PSP original. Then it came oh. to Vita. So. Okay, uh, no, well, the, see, I, uh, exclusive. I'll give it exclusive. Okay. Best original exclusive, because you also have Zero Escape 2. That's true. That's true. 
Yeah, but um, anyway, no, Gravity Rush 2 is a game I'm glad exists and is one of those when I when I get a, when if the day comes that I get a PS4, uh well, win, it's just how win. Um that's one I would pick up. Awesome. All right. Um and uh you never pl- you never had a Vita, right? Uh Kelsey? Nope. Okay. So you're not you know, attachment to it. Mario Maker 3DS. With all that we've said about it, on December 2nd it comes out. Anybody going to pick it up? Not after hearing how crappy it is. I was about to say, it's not even a Super Mario Maker game, well, it I mean, sounds you can like. Still, I mean, you can still make levels. They just don't have as many tools. Um, the power-up to be able to switch into costumes with Amiibos isn't there. I don't know why, when it totally supports Amiibos. Um, but you can still do 100 Mario. You can still search for, like, like most popular levels that are on Wii, I guess. Yeah, um, no. It, it, if I were to play a Super Mario Maker game, I'd buy Super Mario Maker for the Wii. Yes, you meant the game that's actually Super Mario Maker, exactly. Yeah. And they gotta change some of this, because this is just, it's ludicrous. It's, it's not even a game. It's a, it, it's They'll update it, I'm sure. Hopefully. They need to. Um, uh, I had two more uh, for December, uh, one of which is Dead Rising 4. This was a weird uh, announcement. I'm excited. It had a really baller announcement at E3. I liked it. They uh, made it look like it was snowing. And then they played uh, Christmas Carols. I like Dead Rising 3 a lot, but it's not a game I'm, like, dying for, so I would pick this up eventually. I, I have no doubt this will be a super solid, fun game, because Dead Rising 3 did a lot to make that game less stressful and annoying and finicky. Yep. Uh, so I'm sure Dead Rising 4 will be just as good, but I'm not excited for it, you know? Yeah. You don't have any, not even though, though you're going back to, to Frank? Uh, I don't know. I never... I, I, Frank, Frank, Frank's Frank. all right. I mean, you know, Frank. Frank is like, he's cool, but like they did weird things with that series. Like they tried to do things like Frank's prestige wore off when they tried to make like retcon him back into uh, back into that game. Like they tried to say, ooh, Dead Rising 2, who had a new character. We're going to like make a new version called Off the Record that nobody's going to buy and nobody's going to play and put Frank back in. That just totally stole the cachet from Frank for me. Uh, I guess. He's I, I just wasn't sure. He's what? He's covered wars, you know. I do know this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. It seems – by the way, for a little uh, little update. The reason I couldn't find B, uh, B. Sobel's um, picture is because he's not the director. The director's name is B.H. Sokol. <laughs> and now I search for B.H. Sokol, and I can't find him either. He's also a ghost. <laughs> he hasn't made a game since before the it internet not even did what one it did. picture? Not even one picture of B.H. Sokol. I mean, people are like that, though. Some people, yeah. They just go totally... I mean, there is not one picture. Is this him? He's reclusive and foreign. There aren't many pictures of those folk. <laughs> <laughs> like he's what... an elf or something. But there's not even one. I mean, you know... I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm honest. <sighs> Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe that's not his name. Let me. But sometimes you get developers who don't like their pictures online. Other times you get developers who, like, take pictures with sleeping tigers. And you know they're different. They're just different people. All right, I'm trying one more search. B. Sokol. Let's see if that brings him up. Is that him? No, he's not oh, on. The... Why, why do you care? Because I want to see a picture of this genius. God, that's so weird. He, he doesn't exist. Looks like a dude. Yeah, so does a lot of people. I still want to see what they look like. Now nah, he's an elf, Jordan. You made that abundantly clear. Yeah. What a big. What a big. Uh... Oh wait, here we go. David L. Sokol. Is that no? Nah, get this. This is not working. All right, I'm dropping it. The other right, big game. Last big game. Other big game. Can you guess what I'm gonna pick of the what's left? 
the fractured butthole? Uh, indeed. Yes, South Park, the fractured butthole. That was the best conversation I ever had with Jordan, because he didn't get it at first. I, I saw it written out, and I just, I didn't, I just didn't. You gotta say the South Park names out, man. That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, I want to play it. I finished the first one, Stick of Truth, or I think I got right to the end if I didn't quite finish it, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a really good good formula, and I think they're evolving it for this one. Yeah, stick. It's the the stick of truth. I really loved a lot, and it was a it was a theme I didn't care as much about as I do superheroes. So, and I really like the Cthulhu trilogy that South Park did with their superhero characters. So, uh, I'm all for more of it. And given their tendency, like last time when they did uh, the stick of truth, they did a whole se- arc based around those character designs. So I'm kind of hoping they'll bring the superheroes back for this season of South Park. This uh, short and abbreviated as it will definitely be. They do such short seasons now, but that's not a bad thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they go hard when they do, though. Yeah, they do. That was really good. That last year's season about uh, political correctness and a PC principle was pretty genius. Um, all right. Anybody else have anything to throw in before we talk about what we're most excited for uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in passing and, and, and sign off? No, I think I think that's it. We covered all the games that I'm interested in. And, <laughs> and, or, and or our big deals, I think. Uh, by the way, listeners out there, if you think of anything we didn't cover, uh, we will uh, we will make a big correction and say mea culpa next episode. Just write us. Uh, how can they get in touch with us, Jordan? You can find us at The Joy of Game on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, The Joy of Geek, The Joy of Gaming. Uh, of course, there is the website, thejoyofgaming.com, which has our whole episode archive. Or the website with all of our written content at thejoyofgeek.net, where we have... It's been a little slow in the past few weeks, but still got those small little reviews. Uh, got a few other reviews and uh, features coming up. We do. Always a good place to check out. We've got a couple articles coming up this weekend I'm really excited about. I'm going to keep them under a hush, but you will see them soon. Um, and that is obviously the joy of... Uh, you already said thejoyofgeek.net, right? I did. And uh, finally, you can find me personally at... Indigo Master on Twitter at E N D I G O M A S T E R or at jordanelsega.tumblr.com. Uh, you can find me uh, at Rich Lapore on Twitter. Uh, Kelsey? You can find me at Nerdy Loki. That's a cool name. I always like it when I hear it. Thanks. Um, all right. Uh, on that note, uh, let's sign off with uh, the top one or two games you're most looking forward to in the fall season. I guess I'll go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pokemon Sun and Moon. I mean, if I'm being honest, that's the only one I'm 100% uh, thrilled for. But also Gears of War 4. I'm really hopeful that it uh, does a good job of re- bringing the franchise back. Gears of 4. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Kelsey? Um, Gears of 4 and Firewatch, actually. Those are probably my two most anticipated games Firewatch just had so much hype around it. He talked about that game and talked about that game. Yeah, that I'm really excited to play it. I hope it wasn't overhyped, though. It's my only cautious. I think it's going to have been overhyped, but that's just inevitable. But I think it is going to. I think we are going to find that it was overhyped. But, you know, whatever. It'll be cool. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, For me, it is Destiny Rise of Iron when I do get to play that. Um, You know, ReCore, Witness, Firewatch. That's all stuff coming up, like, right now that I'm excited about. But my number one most excited game... Um, is Final Fantasy 15 with a bullet, 100%, no question. I am really starved for RPGs lately. I don't almost play them ever, and it's very rare that there's one that's really worth thinking 80 hours into. I'm hoping this is that game. Uh, so that would be my number one. My number two would be Color Splash. Uh, as much as I'm cautiously optimistic in this case, 
uh, I'm also really excited to play that. So that would be mine. Um, and who am I? I am Rich Lapore. Jordan Alseka. And Kelsey Lair. And uh, we will see you all in two weeks. Uh, have a great uh, couple weeks and play a lot of games. And I'll be back with my Luigi's Mansion story. Awesome. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>